Is that what you do with cats? I guess it is kind of a natural thing with cats. I don't know why. I don't do that with the dog. I don't. It's like I want to. I want to whistle or make like a high pitched sound, but not. Yeah. Why do cats like that? I have no idea. I mean, I don't necessarily do the. I do that. I just go. Hello, everyone. I have Daniel Contreras in the studio today. Hello, Daniel. Hello. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I am tired. Very tired? Very tired. Very, very tired. Late night? Two late nights. Back to back. Yeah. Back in black. Back in black and uh, walk, in the shadow- walk in the shadows. Walk in the shadows. The uh, Tribute Bands <coughs> had some shows. The Gas Monkey and uh, Fat Daddies in Mansfield past few days. Which was it was cool. Yeah. It was a nice turnout and everything like that. So I'm happy with that. But I am definitely paying for it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lots of extra activities happened afterwards. So, but it's all right. Olive. Olive. Okay, Daniel, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? I'm 28. I play in tribute bands. Yeah, that's how I make most of my money mm-hmm. for the time being. I also do some recording and stuff on the side and just other random things yeah but for the most part like i usually pay most of my bills with the tribute bands right so that's it's pretty cool so i'm not sure how to specify i guess like am i a musician at that point (laughs) yeah Yeah, quote unquote musician am i a musician at that point i think i just play guitar so yeah yeah you're a musician because especially in a tribute band that could be applied to i mean you can play any style of anything you know when it comes to tribute it's not just a certain genre but you could rotate to different types of music and you know be exposed to a whole different i guess career opportunity if you wanted to you know if you wanted to get in some you know wedding bands and stuff like that at some point you don't want to call it a cover band i mean you're in a tribute band but that's more just covers but it's also i guess entertainment too yeah i mean i I, people draw a line or something like that to me it it doesn't really make a difference you know what i mean to cover a tribute band it's covering songs tribute band mm-hmm. i guess the difference is a tribute band is like they're dedicated to that one band and the cover bands are dedicated to playing several bands yeah you know and yeah. but to me it doesn't matter i mean you could call it a cover band or whatever a tribute band it doesn't really bother me but other people they will they'll be more offended because they have uh i guess they're more prideful about their yeah their title as far as that um you know like yeah dressing dressing the part and acting the part and stuff like yeah. that I don't, I don't go that far. I don't, I don't try to dress a part. You know what I mean? Like it, to me, that seems like to a point where it's like, it almost seems like cheesy. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's just me. That doesn't, you know, just over the top. Yeah. I mean, I don't, my thing is like, I want the music to be the most important thing, not the image. You know, the image, I guess will help the band, but it doesn't, you know, might not make or break it yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Cause if I go and I see a band and like the dude doesn't look exactly like the person, I, you know, I don't care, but if he sounds exactly like him, that's what matters, you mm-hmm. know? Cause like you have those amazing tribute bands, like, uh, what is, uh, Australian Pink Floyd and Brit Floyd. Oh, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And like they're backed by Pink Floyd. They give them like their entire light show. They go out and they put on these huge shows, productions and stuff. And, uh, none of them really look like, you know, anybody in Pink Floyd, but they sound like it. And it's an amazing experience, you know? So, I mean, I guess when you get to that level of a uh, um, tribute band and, or something like that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it is a pretty cool job. You know what I mean? Right now it's just more of like a, you know, local thing and every once in a while we do an out of town show. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> do you want to do more out of town shows? You think? Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be cool. I think, uh, 
this year I've kind of vowed that I kind of want to do more music oriented stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. like the new original bands, tribute bands, uh, just writing music, producing yeah. music, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that would be, that would be cool. Not just guitar, but music in general. Just music in general. Yeah. Really trying to push myself, push, you know, cause like I've, I feel like I've plateaued quite a bit, you know, over the, over the past couple of years with, you know, so many things that have come up, you know, and I just, I need to kind of break out, break out of that box, you know, yeah. Try to just be a better musician all, all around, you know? Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Right on. So the tribute bands, how many have you been involved in and how many are you technically doing right now? So active, um, should I just go name them all off? Sure. I'm in a Metallica tribute band called Kill Em All. I guess I'm plugging myself right now. <laughs> That's what it seems like. <laughs> plugging yourself. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to really say the name of the bands. I'm just going to say the name of the bands that I sure. pay tribute to. Uh, I do one to Metallica, to Anthrax, Megadeth, White Snake, Queensryche, and then I'm in a cover band. Like they just do you know, right. just okay. ran, random songs. They're called String of Love. That. I did name that one, but that, that's just because they, they just do random stuff. Like they play ACDC and Van Halen and all that other right. so just like they're a tribute to rock is what they call themselves. That's so, cool. I mean, that, that one's fun too. You know what I mean? That's, that's what's kind of new to be able to play during the week that has mm-hmm. added some more flow into my, yeah. you know, some income, you know, to be able to have them and play throughout the week and also on the weekends, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that was a cool band to pick up. I have to thank my drummer for hooking me up with that gig. Awesome. It's been a long time since I've tried to, jam on some eddie van halen it's a hard style yeah i mean it's definitely i don't even know how to describe it <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know he's definitely he was his own he was his own guy i, I don't know how to, how to tap into it exactly but there's people out there that i've seen that like that are in the tribute bands and they have it down like, oh yeah the yeah. sound everything like note for note like the look phaser they, dude i'd <laughs> We played with these guys in uh, Oklahoma, man, and he just, he had it down. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it sounded exactly like him. I was like, holy crap, you know? And there's several amazing guys around here. And I, But I guess that's one of those guys, like, it's been done to death. You know what I mean? Like, Eddie Van Halen's one of those people that so many people have tried to imitate for years and get that thing yeah. down. So it's, you know, it's, I think it's to be expected that if you're going to be an Edward Van Halen tribute, that you would be a great one. And yeah. But it's like, me, personally, uh, I wasn't like hugely influenced. I love Van Halen though. I love Eddie Van Halen, but yeah, dude, it's like, that's one of those guitar players that it's like a uh, really hard to follow. Like if you, if you, if you oh, mess yeah. up that solo, people will be like, he messed it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you could add your own style to it kind of, but I think that's, I think you'd be better off adding your own style to almost anyone else's mm-hmm. stuff. But cause his is just, if you steer away from that, it's like the signature sound yeah. in Van Halen to it, me so unforgiving like that that's what makes part of what i do hard is like if uh if i play a wrong note or something like that it's you know it's almost like being naked on stage it's like oh well they know these songs probably just as good as i do you know what i mean like they're, yeah. they're coming out to you know they would notice it but i i mean i bet they wouldn't care as much because like if you did 80 percent, i'm not trying to talk trash but i think you're still doing better than you know some of the guys out there like the actual person yeah. <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing the stuff live uh, that they wrote. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I try to, man. I, I really don't, uh, I don't hold myself in high regards. I feel like I, I fudge stuff up all the time. Like last night, dude, uh, just for whatever reason, I, I guess we were just tired and mm-hmm. it, the song just started off on the wrong, on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were some things going on. And I, I couldn't find myself in the song for whatever reason. Like for every time it came back to this one part, it, uh, just I kept on messing up. I was like, why? 
wh- why me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I should know this. I played it perfect last night. You know what I mean? Or it was fine last night. And now I'm just, I'm so lost. Yeah. <laughs> How could and then you think about it too much, like thinking, oh man, someone's going to think I messed up. And then you're still not paying attention to where you yeah. are. And it just makes it even worse. Like yeah. Snowball effect. Exactly. Yeah. I just get so wrapped up in it. It's like, oh my God, this is, this is a train wreck. You know, no, please stop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean that it is, that's odd. Well, that's my thing is like, I, I want to try to be the most, uh, convincing you know what i mean as far as like putting on a great show and and you know make people feel like they're at least listening to the music or some something close to it yeah. you know and try to give them that good experience right you know what i mean because they're paying money to come out there and and you know patron the the bar and stuff like that and, and yeah. the, the band and so it's that's our job you know as entertainers to do that i don't know i mean i'm not sure how other people feel about it you know what i mean some people you know maybe they think uh i'm just doing it as like a cash grab which i mean yeah, it is how I pay my bills, but I do, I take it serious. You know what I mean? I, I take the music seriously because I love this music. Like if I didn't love these bands, then, you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't be playing the music, you know, and some bands I've come to love more because I have to learn so much of their catalog. You know, I have to immerse myself in the music and just keep on revisiting it and revisiting it. And, you know, just try to get more into that role of their playing, or at least dive into the guitar players, you know yeah. what I mean? That just get more in tune with like the way that they play the nuances and stuff. Like we were talking about Marty Friedman the other day and like his vibrato and the way he bends stuff. And like, he has like such a slight thing that he does. And like, he's really particular about his vibrato and being in key and pitch and stuff like that. And right. it's really hard to do that. You know what I mean? And, and whenever you go up there and like, you're playing in front of people and you go into something like tornado of souls or, or symphony of destruction, it's like people know those, those songs note for note. Yeah. You mess that up, dude. They're gonna be like, "Oh man, it's like it was so good, it was almost there." Uh, but this, oh man, this this part could have improved on. So it's like I'm trying my best to, you know, keep on top of those things. And those right. are those are hard songs to like go out there and nail every time. Oh like, yeah. I mean, if if I get it, like you said, if I get at least eighty to ninety percent of, of the way there, well, that's that's fine with me because those songs are so hard. I don't even know that the musicians themselves can make it sound like as good as a recording. Yeah. Like I go back, like I was watching some video of Marty Friedman doing a. Uh, part of the solo at trees and it came to that very last run that he was doing and stuff like and he kind of just like you know just kind of did his own thing you know what i mean <laughs> right. i was like i was like oh that's oh okay <laughs> it's like it still sounds like marty friedman you know what i mean but it's like me as a listener i was like i want to hear it i want to hear exactly like that you know i'm like oh okay that's cool you know what i mean maybe i'll just like try to steal that and then use it live and other people will be like i'm doing the live version <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, well, once you get their style down like you said right. trying to trying to get those nuances if you figure out what their kind of pattern is or just like a you know a similar lick that they put in and everything and you can kind of branch off of that and at least be able to or how to improvise i guess yeah oh man and you know every once in a while i do like to add a little bit of things in there you know what i mean it's kind of slight you know what i mean i try to do it uh i, I guess like you know as a nuance you know so so yeah say. but I mean, every once in a while, I'll catch myself like trying to do a dime school or something. <laughs> like I just add something random in there. That's okay. It's all together, just something like totally off the wall. But I mean, I try to pretty much stick to the script, you know, for the yeah. most part. You know, that's I don't want to step too far out of it because again, like I said, there's and then Metallica. You know what I mean? Those solos are like they're so melodic, or I guess you could say they're melodic, but they're so memorable as far as like the way that they wrote them. Like they're such a part of the song that you mess it up. Like anybody, anybody's gonna hum along the, the solo to one, and if you mess up that very first you know, part of the solo. And it's like, 
you missed yeah. an opportunity. You know, execution, you know, is important to me, I guess, as a musician. I always, even in my own music, you know, and, and whatever I'm doing, I just want to be, you know, the best at executing it that I can. And yeah, even even though you do it repetitively, you know, time and time again, you know what I mean? It doesn't ensure that you will always nail it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? What's funny is, I guess, as a musician, you're, you know, you're playing for everyone in the crowd. You're playing for the whole audience. But to me, at least, the most concerned I am is the musicians in the audience knowing, you know, yeah. if I, if I messed up, you know, a crowd, some, somebody just listening to the song, you know, you might hit an off note and they're like, Oh, you know, they don't yeah. care that much. They're just, they like everything about it. But you know, then the musician over there that knows that, that was the wrong note knows it could have been done better, man. Yeah. You could, why'd you mess that up? You <laughs> it's know? like, it's like, I've seen you, I've seen oh, you play that. I don't want to disappoint these people. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like whenever you came out to that, that one show so long ago and, uh, what song was I doing for closure of a dream? And I was like, oh, my God, man. I was like, I'm playing this in front of Rusty. It's like, damn. I was like, I'm pretty sure he knows this solo pretty good. Because I think we were talking about it. And I was like, and I messed it up. You know what I mean? I was still I was still getting kind of, you know, getting it worked into the set and stuff. Yeah, because that was a newer one that you guys added, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we still only play it here and there. Because it's kind of a weird. I don't know what it is. You know, you'd, have, you'd have to play the crowd on that one as far as, like, seeing if yeah. they would vibe with that. Right, because it was kind of a hit. You know, they did a video for it. But, I mean, it wasn't, like, a huge, huge hit. You know, yeah. it wasn't wasn't as successful as their other ones, like Peace or something you know yeah. but i mean the solo in there is monster and like oh uh, yeah that that one's like it was one of those things i was like oh man i'm like fudging this part up so fucking bad i was like <laughs> why do i keep on messing this up oh that's right because it's marty friedman <laughs> but yeah it was exactly. like and like you're sitting there and i was i feel like you're peering into my soul like is he gonna is he gonna do it like you're almost you're hopeful as a person in the crowd too because like i'll be watching you know other musicians whenever i'm out in the crowd like you know do their tribute thing and it's like I'm hopeful. Like, I want to hear them nail it too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, of you know, course. You work really hard. You put a lot of time into it. So, yeah. Of course, even when you see actual bands too, you know what I mean? It's like, if I go out and see a Black Dolly murder show, I want to see Brandon Ellis fucking play it note for note. And yeah. And there's, <laughs> man, he, I would say he's one of the few that a lot of, uh, I mean, I guess some metal bands, more technical metal bands will be a little more consistent. But yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bands out there that really kind of just disappointed live and it's a little easier to play and you think man it just kind of sounds lazy what are you doing yeah probably burnt out and stuff like that I've, I've, i'm I've, sure I'm, I've seen a couple shows that were like that but you know you gotta we're humans you know of what course I mean? you can only yeah. put so much yeah energy I, I, in. <laughs> I, have to, I have to think man that was probably you know they're, they're playing 30 shows yeah. and that was probably the one show that mm-hmm. they got screwed up on maybe it maybe he's sick maybe you know who the hell knows like me yesterday i was just so tired i mean we played the show the night before and then i played you know yesterday night and like oh, it seems like i'm complaining i'm really not uh it's part of it yeah right? yeah it's just you know you're, you're tired you know what i mean it's you, doesn't mean you have to enjoy it i mean it is kind of sucks that's well yeah it's that, work right that's, yeah i mean it is yeah i mean pretty much it's like i clock in you know we get there you, you load in load up i mean musicians listen to this they'll know you know it's like you pretty much you show up you load in you do your sound check and then you kind of wait around at the venue there's almost like this whole like waiting point between playing where it's like do i drink beer do i hang out do i eat <laughs> yeah. food it's like what should i do i should probably How be, do I be responsible right you know what i mean it's like i, I should probably practice a little bit you know okay well i've, I've practiced you know, i guess i'm about as good as i'm gonna be you know what i mean i can't i can't you know keep on practicing until the minute of i mean you can but that doesn't again doesn't ensure that you're gonna go out there and nail it but I mean, that's the way I look at it. You know, this is my job. I, I show up and I do what I have to do and then funds afterwards. You know what I mean? That's... You're one of the few people that I see and know that probably play just all day long. Because it seems like, yeah, <laughs> seems like you're just not, like you're never without a guitar in your hands. 
I, you know, I, I definitely I pick up my guitar a lot throughout the day. You know what I mean? I try to pick it up as much as I can. Um, even if I'm not being creative, I, I'm at least trying to work on something that I messed up on. Or if I'm thinking about a riff or something, I try to, you know, put it, you know, just, you know, put my hands on the guitar. I, I want to, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I want to try to do that. But, you know, sometimes I, I, it can, you know, seem that way. But, you know, other, other times I'm just laying in bed watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that's that, okay that's that's the true tea is what they would say is that, yeah that's that's the hot gossip is that i'm just in bed watching netflix and you recorded all these videos that you released you recorded them all one day or like yeah. a few days in a row yeah and you just post them every now and then yes exactly <laughs> laying on the bed for a month mm -hmm. pretty much that's it man and then i'll just come out of hibernation when the shows start coming and just like all right yeah <laughs> yeah i've been playing guitar Here this entire go. time <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I try to. I try to pick up the guitar as much as I can, um, just to, like I said, stay refreshed. And uh, I think I have a lot of things to uh, to push myself on. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, I got I've plateaued, and but that's okay. You know what I mean? It, it's part of you know being a musician. You hit certain peaks, and then you have to figure out where you're gonna have to do to if you want to. You know, some people they don't want to. You have to figure out what you have to do to push yourself out of that box. And yeah, you know what I mean. What's what's gonna be the next improvement? The next thing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I guess one thing that I really wanted to work on was like doing like my improvisation, you know, what yeah, I mean? like do like definitely. getting back into doing like solo solos and getting back into improving and stuff. I wanted to be able to work on that again because that was something I was really passionate about when I was younger. But I kind of just was like, well, I think it's important that uh, I just become like more of a a solid player, you know, what I mean, just mm -hmm. like more, you know, I mean, it, it's cool that you can improv, but like how tight are you as a player? You know, what I mean, just like yeah. being consistent and. uh improving isn't consistent i guess you know what i mean like i you can be consistent with like some of the phrasing that you have but you know it's you're making making it up off the top of your head you know so it's yeah if you if you're like me and you just recycle the same bullshit over and over again that's that's the, I do the, same that's the lazy improv <laughs> i do the same thing man it's but it, it, again it's uh it's the the plateau you know what i mean it's like where are you going to push yourself out to you know what i mean next as far as you know being a guitar player or whatever instrument right. that you have you know because, I mean, I'm really good at doing a, a pentatonic scale, you know what I mean? But how good am I at doing, like, a Lydian scale or something like that? You know, it's, yeah. there's there's so many different ways to approach that, and that's just... Maybe, like, a scale a month or something, or, you know, or a m different mode a month. Yeah. Well, I see, I was thinking about doing something like that, because I did that, you know, I'm still kind of doing that six days off, obviously, because yeah. I was doing, like, that 30 days of riffs, you know, and I'm just trying to write a riff a day, but um, I was going to try to do, like, some improving, like, maybe, like, once a week or something like that, or... Mm -hmm. Or at least like two, you know, two times where I try to improv or like try to seriously dive into like that mode and really get familiar with it and, you know, record it and then put it online or something just to, just to push myself and listen back to it. Because I feel like that's uh, being transparent about your progressions as a musician because you can look back on it. Definitely. And also, you know, I think it'll push you because you're like, man, like, oh, dude, that sounds horrible. I should put it out there. And that's that's what I think. I was like, I should put it out there. I was like, it sounds horrible because it's like people always think of you. It's like, oh, man, you're such a great guitar player. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't come without hard work. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I'm all, like you said, that's why I'm always touching the guitar or something like that. I'm trying to improve. And the, and again, dude, I still don't feel nearly close to where I want to be at yeah. all. You know what I mean? I'm still like, it's probably lot, good for anyone to feel that way. I'm light years away from where I want to be. And dude, I have so much catching up to do <laughs> so much catching up to do. Like I, I see other guys out there that are just like killing it, killing it. Dude, yeah. make, make me so jealous. You know, so envious. Like I was like, I could have spent so much time practicing but instead i was watching netflix <laughs> man that's how i felt for a long time you know working working too much and just not having the time and not you know not having the energy when i got home from work to play guitar and just not not practicing to improve but practicing to maintain yeah and just barely doing that for you know 
several years. Right. But just humans, man, we just fall into that whole thing. You know what I mean? Like the whole, the whole vicious cycle of just being depressed or anxiety or just anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, like if, you know, music is a passion for a lot of people. So, you know, it's, it's a very sensitive thing for them. You know what I mean? Like if like, especially if you're a musician, like you're, you're trying to reflect what you feel. And then like, if you're in a really dark place, it's, it's kind of hard to take yourself to that instrument where it's like, you're trying to release, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or like if you're tired and stuff and, you know, and like, you're just exhausted, it's, it's hard to, you know, go and play your guitar. Cause you know that you're gonna, you're not going to be as, I guess, fluid as you want to be, or as, you know, like a, you know, you're not making any kind of improvement that you want to, like, you're almost yeah. just like, frustrated that the improvements aren't there you're like i'm just so tired so i'm just gonna put it up that's how i lived for many years that's exactly what i'm talking about i just want i want to progress immediately but i'm not putting in the work to do it yeah. you know and it's that's just uh, wishful thinking i think i think you're hard on yourself man i think you're an amazing guitar player <laughs> i watch your videos man and i see the way that you play and i think it, everything you play is very tasteful very soulful and i i envy that vibrato that you have <laughs> that's me realizing a huge weak spot that I had for the longest time and I never knew it or never paid attention to it. And then finally, when I realized it, then I started to work on it. And that's like, it's a good three or four years in the making, you know, at this point now, just trying to like, I feel more comfortable doing it now. I feel like I actually know how to hold the guitar a little bit better and you know, I don't know. <laughs> and use that, my hands right. Use my <laughs> fingers right in the and, right way. And that's just on like that's just on one technique. You know what I mean? That's exactly. Just, that's just one small thing. Yeah. There's so many different things you can pick apart. That's why I was saying you know a mode a month, which is kind of ridiculous. You could do a mode for a year. You know, yeah. just to, <laughs> to get completely yeah. fluid and you know where you could do anything at drop of a hat. Just run with it. So what what guitar players have you been into here recently that have really kind of inspired you to like play more or anything or have you been inspired by anybody to play more there was somebody recently that uh, it was just one video or something i can't remember but it wasn't wow that's impressive you know it makes me want to learn more it was just it was just something that the the guy played and i thought oh i want to try to do something like that (laughs) that's that's about it right (laughs) but uh no there's tons of people out there that are uh, amazing and inspirational for sure I mean, I guess the honestly, the most in, inspiration I had recently was probably your video, the Rift Challenge thing. Oh, yeah. Just hearing it that one day, I just thought, I mean, I had, I don't know what I was planning to do that day anyway, but I just, I just sat down and, you know, spent like an hour, hour and a half just trying to knock something out real quick just to get it out of my head, you know? That sounded so cool, man. I was like so happy. I was like, dude, wow. I was like, that sounded beautiful. I was like, he took he took the idea and made it like ten times better. I almost don't want to touch it again. <laughs> I no, to... honestly, I was thinking. I bet he's probably going to go somewhere like that with it. Yeah. And I I thought maybe I would send it to you and you would say it's close, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I haven't I haven't touched it, man. Unfortunately, I, I I put out one video Tuesday or Wednesday, and then I just got caught up with practice, and you know what I mean. We had all these shows coming up, and just yeah. one thing came to another, and it's just I've missed a couple days now and now it's sunday so that means i've missed like four days of this <laughs> this 30 day riff challenge and so I've, I've, oh, you didn't say you have to do it 30 days in a row did you i did <laughs> oh, I, that was <laughs> that was my whole thing is like i wanted i wanted to but i was like i knew that it would probably something something would come up yeah um it's just a test uh yeah. you know for yourself and anyone else who wanted to do it right you know? it's not not to say that you failed it's just whatever i made it 11 days i made it 16 days you yeah. know it, you, you you did something and you can just go back to it and you could do it another 15 days in a row as soon as you get back in the swing of things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I plan on trying to go back to it Monday. And uh, I think the only thing that is bugging me right now is like, I know I'm going on a trip 
uh, oh, yeah, after, right. after after next week, and I'll be gone for ten days. So, I mean, I could go out there and, and write riffs, but I won't be at my studio like I want to be. Not studio, my computer like Man, I would want to be. Just have a guitar and yeah. a little <laughs> tiny little, uh, you know, a cracker box amp. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have a uh, I'll have my little MIDI drums that I could pull up on GarageBand on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'll just try to do that or something. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to do it like you know, thirty days of February. So right now, what are we at? We're at the sixteenth. I think so. Yeah, so I think I got to at least thirteen. So I was almost, I was almost at like at least two weeks. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. I, where, where I, I consistently put out a, you know, a riff or something. It was just for me to get back into the the thing of writing because like I've, I've been learning so many songs, but what have I been writing? And then it's just been hard for me to write. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to be creative at this point in time. But I think that's just a lack of trying to write. Um, I kind of expected to to be able to just push some stuff out and flesh it out, and really, it's it's a muscle you have to work and constantly keep on pushing. Yeah, for know? sure. And uh, I mean, your songs never get better if you never try to keep on writing. You know, like mm-hmm. your your progressions are going to be weak, the melodies are going to be weak, and it's like the only way to strengthen them is just to keep on pushing out. You're going to write probably like 20 bad songs before you come out with one good song. Yeah, yeah. Even like the with a riff challenge thing, if you had 30 days, 30 different riffs, which you know some of those days you had a couple of different riffs within you know one video so you could have tons of material and maybe you'll use two days worth of that and the rest is garbage or something but right you know that's still something right yeah i mean it's like and it, you're still working out basically right it's, yeah it's like exercising <laughs> yeah exercising that muscle well see that's what i was telling somebody it's like uh you know I, I could you know do the thing where it's like i could re- record a whole bunch of riffs and i could just release them you know what i mean on different days say yeah. i've been doing this challenge and i mean this is how, where i've gotten so far but it would be like me trying to run, uh, you know, like six miles in one day where I wanted to be running like, you know, mile one day. mile every day. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it doesn't it, do, it doesn't you know, you're not getting the same consistency because what you're trying to do is like you're trying to build up your stamina. Right. You're trying to build up the strength. And it's like if you just run six miles one day and you take off the rest of the week, well, you can have your ass whooped the next time you go out and try to run six miles again. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? It's uh, start small and just build your way up. So it's like if I can do like a minute or 30 seconds of writing a riff where I'm just going in and creating a session, doing something new. Well then eventually it would get easier to do two minutes and three minutes. And then, a, mm-hmm. you know, that's a full song, you know what I mean? You can go back and just layer on stuff on top of that. Well then, you know, I can go back to practicing my vocals or then I can go back to practicing bass or whatever, programming drums and just kind of get more into, you know, the writing yeah. aspect. Some production. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, I think your production has improved greatly quickly i would say <laughs> yeah man i listened back to some of the stuff that I, I was doing like a at least two years ago or even last year and i was like yeah dude, it was bad <laughs> it's, just, it's just the same as playing you yeah know? for me i feel like this is my personal opinion like the production i feel like the the more time i spend away from it the better because like uh like i i listen more you know what i mean because like i think i was trying to do too much you know i'm like yeah. i'm actually like I'm, I'm trying to do less and just listen more and see if like the source material is good. If the source material is good, then it's like you don't have to really do much. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But there's there's a couple things that have helped me quite a bit with with that too. You know what I mean? Like uh, like I, I think one thing that helped me out was like because I'm using Easy Drummer, right? So I bought these MIDI packs, which helped me with writing too because they're already programmed drums. So all I have to right. do is drag it into the session and just play along to it. Well, the velocities help with you know it's already it's already pre done. Mm-hmm. I don't have to mess with the velocity. So that helps a lot. The, the drums sound more natural. It doesn't, you know, they're not 127, yep. you know, hitting, you know, everything sounds like robotic and everything. So it yeah. helps with the dynamics. And then all I have to do is come in and then add the bass and just, you know, keep that at a dynamic thing. And I was used to 
playing hard and stuff. Well, you know, you play really hard on, on the bass, usually you're using the DI, banging away, and you're, you're going to see the peaks, you know what I mean? The transient's going to spike, and this going to be inconsistent. You want to keep it dynamic and kind of, you know, just the same, again, trying to keep everything natural, and that helped out, you know, quite a bit, you know, and just paying attention to nuances like that was just something that helped, I think, progress that, because, like, I was over-compressing things and, like, mm-hmm. making them all, yeah. like, sound squashed and, you know, yeah. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> Man, I still don't, I don't know shit about compression. I'm so dumb. I just go with as many <laughs> presets as possible and try to use my ear and think, okay, that sounds that sounds good enough, yeah. and I just keep on doing it that way. I do the same I thing. just never, I, I don't know, man. I would love to learn, but I just don't want to take the time to learn because I don't <laughs> want to be a producer or, or like a, you know, engineer necessarily. Yeah. I just want to... If I just I just want to be able to record stuff and know how to make it not sound like shit. Mm-hmm. And it if it sounds decent, I get more excited and right. I want to write more and I want to hear it more. That You're makes inspired. me more yeah, it's it's inspirational. It's like a, you know, cycle of inspiration and motivation, you yeah. know, all in one. But uh as far as knowing how to like frequencies and what what needs to be, you know, your high pass filter yeah. and your low pass filter and everything. I mean, I've got some sort of ideas, but I don't know the details and mechanics behind everything to, yeah. to apply everything properly. You know, I might be doing stuff I don't even need to be doing, mm-hmm. or I could be taking too much time to edit stuff that, you know, I could push three other buttons and a, adjust a fader and it'd be done. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no the, idea. The minutia of it all. It's just, yeah, it's so, it's so tedious. I mean, I have vague understandings of things like the compressor. It's just like, oh, well, it's you have this huge, you know, dynamic thing. And what you're trying to do is make it less dynamic, squishing it down. You're compressing it. Right. So mm-hmm. you set your ratio for how much compression you want. And, then you, you know, the threshold, you know what I mean? How much you want it to compress down on it. And then you set your attack and your release, like the release being when it when it comes out. You know what I mean? You know how fast mm-hmm. it's going to come out um, or how fast. It's going to let go of the transient, you know I mean? The attack is how fast it's going to squish down on it, you know I mean? Then yeah. come out, so. Yeah, I mean, like, that That sounds, okay, yeah, I get that, but then it's, like, listening to it and then kind of, like, well, where is it supposed to sit, you know what I mean? Like, where is it? Yeah. Dude, that's, it's frustrating. Not only is it just compression, but they have certain different types of compressors, like the VCA compressor, you know, optic compressor, you know what I mean? Like, dude, it's so many different ones, and it's like, which one's the right one to use for this? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What, what am I, what am I using? Like, optocomp? What? What, what am I supposed to do with this? What do I put it on? Do I put it on the master fader? Do I put it on my guitar? Yeah. What, what do I do? <laughs> Where do I put it in the chain? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to put it on a triangle. <laughs> it's too dynamic. Too many rings. That's so weird. I, I just don't, I don't know how to do it, man. <laughs> one day I'll, one day I'll take the time, but you know, maybe I will never have to. <laughs> I'll just wing it for the rest of my life. I'll wing it. Since you mentioned a drummer getting you the cover band gig or helping you with that. Mm-hmm. What or who got you into the tribute stuff initially? Taylor Dennis. Okay. So uh, one day I went up to see my friend's original band and they were playing with a Megadeth tribute. And uh, Taylor Dennis, of course, Uh was the guitar player. And he invited my friend, who is the singer, Chris, up on stage to come up and do Angry Again. And I saw it and I was like, man, I was like, I remember how much I love Megadeth now. <laughs> so right. I was like, I was like, I'll hit him up not too long after that. I was like, Hey man, I was like, if y'all need another guitar player, I would love to try to do the Marty Friedman parts, you know? And he was like, yeah, dude, he's like, here's a set list, you know, learn everything and, and just come out. You know what I mean? And, you know, so Taylor pretty much got me in there. And then from that gig, I got the Metallica gig. And then from that one, it just kept on more and more opportunities started opening up. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, okay, maybe I can actually do all these things and just, you know, 
play music or something like yeah. that. Make some make some money and play some, you know, bands that I really like to, you know, I jam along to anyways. Yeah, so, have some fun. Right. I was like, now, you know, now it's cool. I'm not, it's not my, my favorite way to think about, you know, because it's not consistent as far as like my, my income, you know, and it's very, it's like contract work, you know. Sure. Scary. But, but yeah, the, Taylor was one that got me into it. And then now all of a sudden I'm in five different tribute bands and maybe now there's another one coming out that's we're doing one too and iron maiden tribute here soon I'm, oh wow i'm working on one for like a rush you know for a rush tribute band we're trying to put that together um hopefully it works out you know and you're gonna be the king of the tributes i don't know i don't know about that man like, you, get, like you can just take just so many hats that you can <laughs> wear right i'm i'm trying to i think it's it comes to that thing, whole thing i'm trying to push myself to learn and to be i guess like a chameleon and blend in with whatever i'm doing yeah you know, just make myself a more well-rounded guitar player and that would be great doing that because you're like you said you're really immersing yourself in someone's style to capture one aspect and then you know the next day you're in someone else's shoes in that aspect and it's that could help uh the creative process for your own stuff i would imagine you know like what what style could i could i pull inspiration from right you know my friend he was telling me something about plenty like he was saying that you know he writes his songs and he's like well this this solo sounds like a like a john pertucci you know solo so like he goes and he plays it and it sounds like john pertucci like he does like the things that make makes him feel like it sounds yeah. like john pertucci and yeah that that helps out a lot because like immediately like you have a sound in your head like it needs to be this okay this is what i'm going to go for and it just makes it so much more easy but you know of course there's there's more behind the scenes that goes on with it you know like you know, there's phrasing and everything, but it's just, just yeah. the fact that, you know, they're trying to make it sound similar to that to be, you know, ins- inspirational about it and right. make it more musical. Yeah. What's one of your favorite things about it so far? I think the coolest thing that's happened is uh, just the fact that, like I said, I, I, just being able to play guitar as much as I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. been doing now. That's something I would have never thought happened because I'm, I'm so used to working nine to five jobs. You know what I mean? This, this is the first time in my life. You know what I mean? I, this... This would be like the first year or the, the at least the second year where I, I haven't had to work like a regular day job and you know, I've just been able to do this, you know. Yeah. But uh again it's kind of worrisome. <laughs> of course. It, it becomes worrisome, you know, at times, but that's that's my favorite thing about it. It's like it's it's shown me that there is there is opportunity for me to continue to do this and, and make it a career. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. I just I have to I kinda have to put myself out there, you know what I mean? Or, our friend Bryce, you know what I mean? Like he, he's putting himself out there. He's in like 1 million bands and he fills in and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, if he can do that, I can do that. You know, it's yeah. it different. You know what I mean? I, I'm not doing it with, you know, original music. I'm just doing it with music that I'm familiar with. You know what I mean? It makes, yeah. it makes it a little bit easier on me and stuff like that. And if anything, it's, it's a little bit more challenging sometimes because, uh, you know, again, you're playing a part, you know what I mean? You, I, I'm trying not to go outside of the boundaries. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to stay to that and be, you know, true to what they were doing you know what i mean yeah uh, to be that consistent and to remember all those parts is so ridiculous i don't know how he does it's, it it's your job man so it's doing your job good doing it well right yeah when i mean it, did he, he down to he's crazy because like uh, he's in so many different bands and he fills in for so many different people and he he remembers it all i don't know how he does it dude he has to that's what i asked him when he was in here he has to like partition some stuff somehow yeah. in his head I think he said that he just forgets, like his brain just forgets random things <laughs> just to make room for more drum tracks in his right. head. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I mean, and like I said, I can, I can definitely feel like, you know, 
like sometimes you know like i'll go to hit a solo like especially like or something like uh, with like the white snake it's a little bit more forgiving with white snake stuff because uh, it's bluesy so like i can kind of like you know yeah. muddle around with it and just kind of it'll sound cool you know what i mean so it's like i don't have to know it note for note that that'll be like the there'll be some exceptions on that but yeah it's like sometimes it's like oh i don't know what to do here well it's in the key of e let's go <laughs> you know? You have some sort of idea. Yeah. You can run with that. I know it's in the key of E. So you obviously started playing guitar at a very young age, right? I started at uh, had to. 12 years old. Okay. That's yeah. older than I thought. Initially, my dad had bought me a drum set whenever I was like seven. Oh. And uh, I just tore the thing up. And <laughs> <laughs> I, saw this, I just went in and just, just fucking bashed on it and like animal, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that wasn't my instrument. <laughs> um. But yeah, he uh, later on he he tried to revisit it. And he, I told him I was like, I want a drum set again. I was like, I remember having a drum set. He was like, Well, he's like, guitars are a little bit cheaper, so we'll we'll get you one of those, <laughs> and we'll see we, we'll see where you're at. You know what I mean? After that, he's like, If you don't progress on that, then we'll get you a drum set. And then, well, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> all these years, like sixteen years later. Oh my god. Wow. Sixteen years. Dang. I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about whenever Dom uh, Dom was talking at the Dime Clinic. He's like, I've been playing for about. 13 years or something. I don't know. He was probably like 20 something at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was probably, well, that was like 94 or something. It was before far beyond driven. It came out. So what was he? I don't know. He's he, so young Yeah. and he was just that good. Fucking stupid. dude. I'm so jealous. <laughs> That's another one that you, he could improvise stuff, you know, and still it wouldn't be any disappointment. Like he could miss a very memorable note on something, but he's going to replace it with something equally is good there was no and it's wrong. and he's just fucking around you know there was no wrong with what he could do you know what i mean there's <laughs> that everything everything was right like that's you know and from what i understand he's probably drunk as shit or high right. or something yeah, and so still did, just killing it how do you do that I'm like <laughs> what 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 does he do on his downtime is he what what did he do in his downtime? like what i want to know i want to know more party. about yeah <laughs> no best i can tell party <laughs> yeah oh, man <laughs> That makes me jealous. I want to party all the time. <laughs> just party and play guitar, man. Having a good time. Yeah, yeah. That 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 does help. You know, I guess you know, yeah. maybe having a good time. Yeah, sixteen years, man. It blows my mind. Yeah, th- I guess that makes sense, though. <laughs> what was your first real guitar that you had? Like, uh, as far I as I say that because some people just start out with like a piece of crap, but I I had a Hamer. I mean, I guess it's it's not, it's not really, a piece of crap. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an okay guitar. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my dad had picked it out because it was a uh, Hamer, and he liked Judas Priest, and he knew that Glenn Tipton played right. Glenn Tipton and KK Downing, so he was like, "Oh, this is a pretty good brand." He's like, "We'll start you off with this," and so I had that guitar for about you know the first three or four years before I ended up chunking it out and getting rid of it, which I shouldn't have done. I should have kept it. You know, I regret yeah. not keeping my first guitar, but hey, it was what it is. Then I got this uh, BC Rich Warlock which like I bought with my own money. And uh, that one was just a piece of crap. (laughs) It was the worst guitar I'd ever had. (laughs) And then I got this Jackson Dinky and uh, that's one I still have. Yeah. You'll see me play it on videos frequently. If you you know, I, I just replaced the pickups. I'll put Seymour Duncan's in it. So Mm, that's been like the most consistent guitar that I have as far as like uh, the guitar that I'm still using that I would think is a real guitar. It's like the $700 Les Paul Epiphone that I had gotten when I was like 16, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably the best guitar that I still have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't progressed past an Epiphone. I'm, I'm not a real guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I just, I have like these, these cheap little, uh, 
Jackson's that I use for the most part. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to buy a thousand dollar guitar and take it out and get it all beat up and stuff. Hell I, no. And if I can get the same result out of a two hundred dollar Jackson, why why does it matter? Yeah, know? man. It's, you know how to play it. That's, yeah, that, that's what really matters. Yeah, man. It's I don't know. I don't want to be. You know, I, I feel like people get uh, fascinated with all the the specs and the, you know it needs to you know be this wood made out of this and that and it's like well I mean. If it has strings on it and it's set up good enough, you should just be able to play it. And yeah, it shouldn't right. Work. Yeah, it's cool to have the option. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed the custom builds I had, and it was that's a whole new world for me. You yeah. know, he's like, "What? What do you want on this? What do you want for this?" Like, I, fuck, I have no idea. <laughs> you I don't even know. What I just want to sound good, <laughs> right? It's like I want to look good, feel good, and sound good. That's it. You see these people like they go over and they talk about and they go into like all the the specs on their their custom guitars and stuff. I'm like, how did you even figure out that you even like that? It's like, how long did you spend like touching woods and and mm-hmm. listening to so many different pickups and stuff like that, and just, that's, I don't, I don't care about all that. <laughs> well, I mean, I do care about it. You know, what I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I know, like, I like a, a compound radius on on my neck and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I know I like my action set at a certain level, but as far as like with the woods and you know, like, this is swamp ash and this is rosewood and all. all okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have no idea. Well, let, me, let me just play it for a second. Yeah. It was, does it feel good? Okay, I like the way that this one feels. Okay, we'll go with this. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those things. It's like, whoa. Am I, am I that good of a guitar player that I know everything about it? No, no. <laughs> you, you get people like Misha Mansour, and like he just knows so much that yeah. he's just a total nerd for it. Yeah, that's I, I envy that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that passion. <laughs> Do you have any sort of memory of like a song or a video or anything that you saw after you started playing that you thought, you know what, I want to be a musician or I want to play on stage or Cliff something? Mall. Cliff them all from Metallica video. Yeah. I mean, of course, I knew I wanted to play guitar after I started learning songs, but whenever I watched that entire video, it's just a tribute to Cliff Burton. Right. I had never heard anybody play bass like that. It's it's funny that the most influential thing on me was a bass player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a guitar player, but, but as a bass player, and I thought it was so cool that he was playing the bass like that, and then just seeing Metallica, you know, all jam their asses off, and I was like, dude, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I want to play guitar like that. I mean, also a huge part of it was my dad played guitar to you and like he, he had grown or I had grown up around him being in bands and stuff like that. So I, I knew I wanted to be a musician when I was younger, but I mean, seeing that, that video really just, this is what I want to do. Like this, this is the defining moment was Cliff Mall. Awesome. Then I watched live after death on Iron Maiden. And then I think the video after that was Rush, uh, in Rio. Mm-hmm. So those, those three videos have a huge impression on me as far as like solidifying that I wanted to play music and be a professional musician. Yeah. You know? I'm still not professional. I'm just a musician, I guess. I oh, still question man, you're that. Super pro. <laughs> I still question that sometimes. <laughs> What's your setup like right now? Like I know is you are you still minimal with what you take? Yes, I try to be, yeah. Um right now I'm running the Seymour Duncan Power Stage into my two by twelve orange with vintage thirties. I'm using the AX eight, the fractal unit, and my Jackson dinky i think it's a dinky or whatever yeah I'm not, i don't know it's, it's a jackson it's, a, it's like one of the, the uh it's like a super strat or whatever you know, it's, yeah it's not a soloist i don't have enough money for that <laughs> how much do those run the soloist yeah oh if you get a good one it's usually they're about 1300 or something like oh, wow. that you know what i mean which it's still that's affordable i mean that's a that's a great yeah. you know what i mean that's you can definitely buy one of those but I mean, I played one that was just amazing. It was like an '80s one, and, and it was way more than that, of course. But uh, yeah, it's that's what I would like to get is like a super old, old school, late '80s yeah. <laughs> model of something. You know, 
just straight glam rock looking shit the crackle on and everything <laughs> <Yes>. like that <laughs> dude i've been wanting to get one of those they re-released uh the crackle jackson's and stuff like that. they have like a green and an orange yeah or, you know i wanted to get one of those i also looked at the uh fender released uh, the heavy metal strat or whatever um, oh yeah I thought that was that was cool. I guess part of part of it too is like I've been seeing Brandon Ellis play his, and it's like dude, yeah, I his love collection that. is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, yeah, envious again, another guy, envious of all the guitars that he owns, and just yeah, yeah, and he knows how to play them very well. Yes, you mentioned your dad was a musician. I was going to ask what your home life was like as a kid. Um, and that, I don't even know if you have any brothers or sisters or anything. I do. I have a sister, and I have a, an older brother, younger sister, older brother. My home life, uh, my parents, they had gotten divorced when I was fairly young, like I was like three years old, but after some years of separation, they, uh, they eventually got back together. You know, I, I, things were kind of normal, you know what I mean? But there was, there was some things, you know, some stuff that happened in between there, you know what I mean? This mm-hmm. personal stuff. Yeah. Know? But I guess it helped define me, you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely didn't fall into a lot of pitfalls that other people fall into because, uh. I, I knew better. I'd seen the, the results of the bad ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. Yeah. But pretty normal, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm lying a little bit on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to be that transparent about that. <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not looking for dirt. Yeah. I, it's, I don't want to be transparent. I mean, it's it's pretty normal. You know what I mean? Regular family stuff. You know what I mean? Regular <laughs> family drama and stuff. You know, but yeah, I love my family a lot, though. I'm really close to my dad, really close to my mom. Me and my brother, we have... A, decent relationship over the years and we had a it was a very very you know hard one whenever we were younger of course but who's who's not hard to get along with whenever you're younger and teenagers yeah. and stuff right duking it out and so just i'm the bigger man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and my sister's growing up pretty she's like 14 now or 15 yeah something like that the age gap is huge like uh she's 15 and i'm 28 so it's like 13 years different so mm-hmm. you know what i mean that it's it's kind of cool to see her grow up and be her own person and stuff like that. Yeah. But I almost feel like a dad in a way. (laughs) It's like, you know, like sometimes I'm trying to tell her about stuff and you know, it almost feels like I'm coming from the dad approach rather than like a brother, you know, but I always tell her, it's like, you know, don't bring the wrong guy around. I'll kick his ass. (laughs) Oh, that's definitely still big brother. Yeah. That's the, that's the big brother mentality. I'll still kick his ass. Take him outside. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's dad and big brother for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're cool, man. I really, yeah, I miss him a lot. I haven't got to, I haven't got to see him in at least. Well, my mom comes by after work, um, because she works close by uh, where I'm staying at right now. So I see her more often than I see my dad. I probably see my dad like maybe like once a week, mm-hmm. you know, once every two weeks or something like that. Which for me, that's that's a long time. I know some people they go like weeks, months without seeing some of their parents. Like me, it's I I, I want to see my parents at least like three times a week. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that would be huge. You know what I mean? That's that's that that's the minimum. But here lately, you know what I mean? I've been kind of reserved and. Sure. Away, you know i've been busy too so that kind of yeah you know, that plays into it how do you remember yourself in high school you think you've changed much i didn't go to high school oh you didn't i was homeschooled oh okay so in middle school um some things that happened in my family that kind of required me to be around a little bit more mm-hmm. you know my grandfather was sick dad was going through some things hard, a lot of financial troubles and stuff like that mm-hmm. not really something you put on somebody who's a you know a teenager you know what I mean? but this is you know later on but it required me being around a little bit more. Yeah. And so I kind of figured that, you know, I was like, Hey man, I was like, I'm having a hard time in school anyway. So I was like, what if we just like put me in homeschool? And they they kind of like debated on it for a while. And then I was like, well, I'll go to this church and she's offering to do it. So 
that's pretty much what I did. I, I did that for, for two years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but it kind of sucks because I found out that she wasn't certified through the state. So when it came oh. time, when it came time to go ahead and turn in, turn in all of her stuff to, to, you know, get me my diploma or whatever, it just didn't, didn't pan out. Damn it, man. So she was like, well, you can just go get your GED. Like you'll, you have all the knowledge. Like you can do it. I was like, no, I'm just gonna go out and get a job. <laughs> no, I mean, I had friends that like I went to middle school with and stuff. And, uh, I mean, I'm still, you know, they're still, they're still around some of them. There was a couple of high school experiences, I guess I had, mm-hmm. cause you know, I, I'll obviously people my age and I still associated with yeah. them. And we played at this, like, I guess it was like a, 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 some type of production. I guess it was like they, they put it on for their, for their high school at Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. And I forget what it was like. Sometimes I like, I guess winter jamboree or fall jamboree. Like my cousin was playing in it. He played the drums and my other friend, my friend, his name was Jeremy. He played the bass and like, they, they talked me into coming up there and playing the guitar. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I got to meet a lot of people and I was like, Oh, this is kind of like a high school experience type thing. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> That's my high school. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I lived like a block and a half away from the school for the longest time. Really? Yeah. See, it, it, that's East Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I'm from. That's where I grew My up. Hood. At. Yep, it's me too, man. I grew up over there off of uh, Andrea. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's East Dallas, definitely for sure. Yeah. It's super. <laughs> Every, why does everything look dilapidated over there? <laughs> it's East Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks. I was there yesterday. <laughs> really? Yeah, my grandma li- lives there. She's about to move out though. She's just uh, yeah, she's been in the house for I think she said fifty four years. Jeez. <laughs> so wow. she is about to be ninety two and she's going to be going into assisted living. Oh, okay. So yeah, she's she's uh her sight's really bad. Oh. I think she's lost vision in one eye and a lot in the other eye. So I mean the potential for yeah, you know, falling down, hurting Very herself and stuff. Things, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah, I used to work at a retirement home. Oh really? Yeah, that was uh you see a lot of things there, man. But you know, like if they're going to a great one, you know what I mean. Like the one that we worked at was was a really good one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see any bad things really happen. You know what I mean? Like you always hear like the horror stories of people being abused and stuff. I'd never seen. Right, right. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, that's something really scary to think about. Yeah, it's (laughs) gross. I mean, like how can people be that way? People are pieces of shit. Humans suck sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's if it's a a boredom thing. Or, or, you know, or just like really malicious people. I, I really don't. I don't understand it, man. I really don't. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But, no, but I, I know some old people can be shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, just to retaliate but, on somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's it's just still take not out right. Frustrate. Yeah. That's no, there's something wrong with them. They need to get some help. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But she's 92. That's she's, she's up there. That's, she that's just, good. she had brain surgery at 90. What? <laughs> yeah. She dude, had a tumor. What a fucking monster. She is dude, she is a maniac. Dude, that's badass. I want I want to be able to live that long and and be able to, to accomplish things like that. Yeah. Wait, is that her really- memory is awesome too. When we were clearing stuff out of the house, they were they were showing her pictures like who is this and who is this? You know, like super old pictures and yeah. she, you know with without a hesitation. Oh, that's so and so so and so. So she lived a very fulfilled life and it seems like she's, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, you get to a point where it's like, you know, a lot of people think of assisted living as you're pushing them off onto uh, other people to take, you know, take care of them or something, but right. that's not the truth. You know what I mean? Really? You're just trying, like, you can't be there 24 seven, you know, yeah. somebody needs to be there to be with them. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. that's a very, you know, that's a hard job. You know what I mean? I can definitely relate to that. You know what I mean? Like I said, not, not only working in the retirement home, you know what I mean? But you know, some things that happened in my life, 
dude, I can definitely relate to, you know, how hard it is to be there for somebody all the time. And especially being a family member, being so attached. And if you're trying to carry on with your daily life, you know what I mean? It would be so much stress and overwhelming yeah. things, you know what I mean? To be there 24 seven, you know, but you know, it's worth it. You know what I mean? If, if you're able to, and you know, you can, yeah, of course. So yeah, if you have the ability to, so that, that moves us along to the next subject. So an obvious change, um, in your life and bit of personal growth, you've already been married and have probably experienced higher levels of stress and hardship than some people would experience throughout their entire life. And now that you've, you know, mentioned hanging out with your family, uh, as you're younger too, and then working in a retirement home, man, you've done a lot of caring for people. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, been something that's kind of been a repeat thing. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah. I, um, that has to take a huge toll on you, man. It, it is emotionally exhausting. And like, I, I, I want to be the nicest person that I can, you know what I mean? And, and, and try to do, you know, the most humanly nice thing I could, you know what I mean? For people, <laughs> right. I, I don't know how to say it, how to say it, but it's like, yeah, I want to be emotionally available for the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it just, for some reason for that caretaking aspect, it kind of has popped up in my life quite a bit. And it's like, yeah. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, you what must a, be good at it. I must, there must be something else. But what, what's the universe trying to say right now? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. So you get, maybe you have to figure out something with caretaking and, yeah. and guitar. Yeah. Just something <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I mean, if I can help somebody in some way, that's all, that's all I want to do. You know what I mean? I just want to help the people that I love and not just the people that I love. You know I mean? I want to extend that to people that I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. you can only make yourself so emotionally available. Of Obviously, course. you know what yes. I mean? You're going to take better care of people that you love. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's hard to take, again, it's hard to make yourself emotionally available for somebody like you're, you know, that you don't really know. But one thing that was cool about the retirement home was like, I got to know so many different people and like their day to day basis. You know what I mean? You're going to these same people's houses and your, your apartments or whatever houses, whatever, changing their light bulbs or just, you know, doing something so small, but a lot of times what they just want is like, they just want somebody to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, it's almost like, you know, I, I know that sometimes some of the, the tenants, they were like breaking stuff on purpose because they just mm. want, they wanted somebody to come by and talk to you. And I had no problem with that. That was, that was awesome because like they have so many stories, they've lived their life and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, then some of these people, like you can tell that their families had abandoned them there. And you know what I mean? This was, this, this was a, a, a retirement facility though, where you had the assisted living but this one was like a, it wasn't assisted living. Like they were just living by themselves. Okay. You know I mean? Like they didn't have to have anybody there. And if it got too bad, they would move them to assisted living where they had more you. caretakers. So, but yeah, they would just like want somebody to come in and, and you know, just talk to you and stuff. Like this one lady, that like she would have put in her maintenance request for me to come down every single day and check her emails and her bank statements. And like she had actually like trusted me with that for so long and like, I didn't want to do it, but she like, she trusted me to do it. And I was like, okay. And I came, I, I came to really love her. You know what I mean? She was a really nice lady, you know? And, but yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it's unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like I, I stopped working there for several reasons, but you, you lose touch, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Life, life goes on and stuff. But I mean, I, w- I would have loved to had, you know, keep in touch with her. I'm, I, I don't know how to get a hold of her now. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of your, you know, your life. You know what I mean? You can make yourself available enough to, you know, kind of be, there for people you know what i mean like you be sure. there, you can be there for people if you need to be as long as you're not hurting yourself you know what i mean 
Yeah. But it is it is emotionally exhausting. My stress level is so high. I feel like one of the one of the people that do the air trafficking. <laughs> it's like it's like the highest suicide rate and stuff like that because it's such a stra- stressful job. It's yes. like, oh my God. It yeah. is a lot of stress. I can't imagine that amount of yeah. stress. Dude. I mean, uh, we're talking about them, but I'm talking about you, really. Uh, yeah. It's oh. just there's there's so much. And for anyone listening uh, who doesn't know, that's what I was getting to is you were married and we all lost your wife in yeah. November of last year. Yes. For that was a final battle of cancer. That was what the like the fourth time or something. Yeah, it just it kept coming back. So she she was 27. She had just turned 27 in October. She had been diagnosed when she was 19 with ovarian cancer. And um it was kind of weird uh it started out, you know, we thought she was pregnant or something. You know what I mean? She was, it, it was kind of showing like signs of pregnancy, but it, it ended up, you know, coming out that it was a little bit more weird things happening. Then like her ovary, like had swollen up to like the size of a basketball. And like, she looked mm-hmm. like she was pregnant with like triplets. And uh, it turned out that her ovary had, had filled up with cancerous fluid and wow. uh, they went ahead and they did like an old school cesarean or cesarean second, you know, and like they pulled it, they drained the right. fluid and they pulled it out. And then it had came back a year later. So then she was, a uh, 2021 and then she got her other over removed she got a full hysterectomy just to you know kind of right to to you know get rid of it all and then she did her chemo she went to remission for for about you know two years and then it came back in 2017 and it had metastasized to her lung and so it was on her lung and all on the pleural lining of the lung and they removed half the lung and all the pleural lining and uh also some of the some of her rib after they did that they tried to do chemo the chemo was unsuccessful it wasn't working so then they went back and did another surgery, more radiation. They tried another chemo. Um, and then finally it just, it came back and there was just not much more they could do. You know I mean? It was. So did horrible. it all stem from that first yeah. deal of ovarian cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, wow. it, it had, it had always been there apparently, you know what I mean? I, we, we don't know if it was a hereditary thing because I know that her aunt had passed away, uh, like a year or two before she had, mm-hmm. um, and she had ovarian cancer and her, grandmother had cervical cancer so i don't know if it was something that was hereditary they said it wasn't because they did the, the test where they tried to see if if it was something like that and it wasn't oh, okay but um to me it sounds like it is maybe they just had crappy doctors that just don't want to say anything but yeah that yeah it's devastating you know what i mean to watch somebody you love so much that you have built your life around you know to watch them slowly fade away you know what i mean it's just like you see them become the most vulnerable that you've ever seen anybody you of know course. and yeah, that is devastating. Devast- that's that's the only word that I have for it. You know, what I mean, I lost half of my my life. Is what I feel like. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I feel like half of a man now. You know, it's like that. That was a person that made me feel whole, and all of a sudden, you know, she's not there. You mm-hmm. know, I, 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 you know, and not not only that, it's just like just to watch the, the final moments. You know what I mean? Just to see the final moments of her life. You know what I mean? And me being there with her and stuff. It was like that. That's just. It was so hard. You know. Yeah. Cancer is so unforgiving so merciless you know what i mean it, it affects not just a person that has it it affects the people around them man and it just i i would never wish it on anybody you know, it just it takes away so much that's all it does is takes you know there's 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 nothing good that comes from it maybe maybe the fact that you get to you know love your you know partner or whoever who's going through like you learn to love them and be more forgiving and stuff like that to them but dude it just it just takes that's all it does that's yeah. all i know how to do, to do is take you know um yeah i mean it was it was a very valiant battle and if there was somebody that i thought could have 
beat it, it would have been her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I fully believed and and I had hope all the way up into the end. Like even, even if you know she would have been in her condition that she was, you know, for years on end, I still I still wouldn't have carried. You know what I mean? Because there, there near the end, she had became paralyzed. You know, it, it had gone to her spine, and uh, God, that's so crazy how it grows like that and just consumes. Yeah, dude, it, it, and it paralyzed her. The one, the one thing I, I can say, and I, and I, I told this story, but what is that? Um, at her memorial, sorry, uh, was that she she hiked up Enchanted Rock, and she had did this actually the first time that she had fo- she had found out that she had uh, been diagnosed with stage four when it was on her lung, which, of course, it's you know it was hard for her then, you know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. you can't breathe in like your lungs not expanding all this giant tumor inside of it, you know? Yeah. But uh, she hiked up and like um you know, a couple days, you know, a couple days after we went back to the doctor, you know, she started showing signs that she would be paralyzed and like her legs, her legs started going numb, you know I mean? Just the week before that we hiked up Enchanted Rock. She just said she was complaining about her hip. Yeah. Said that it hurt real bad or something like that. And so they went in and then the uh, radiologist was like, well, yeah, yeah, your hip hurts really bad. He's like, you have a tumor there and you have this huge tumor here on your spine. He's like, did they tell you that there was something on your spine that was like you know, oh, wow. you know pinching on your nerve and she was like no and they never said anything she's like oh well you need emergency surgery right now you know like the, this is the beginning of 2019 he's like you need emergency surgery like right now like if if you don't do this you're going to be paralyzed indefinitely you know what i mean he's, and he's like even even if they do take it out now he's like uh i still think there's going to be possibilities you're going to have limited mobility you know mm-hmm. what i mean and and, and you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's too far. You know what I mean? He's like, I'll, I'll be surprised if he'd be able to get all of it. And so they pretty much, that was it. You know what I mean? Like it, that was, that was pretty much the precursor to everything was the, the beginning of last year was kind of like, we kind of found out how, where it, where it was. And which is kind of like a, a downhill thing from there. You know what I mean? Just it yeah. progressed. And I can only assume that it had gotten in her lymph nodes. We stopped going to the doctor about June or July because she was put on uh, hospice. And, uh, before that she was on palliative care, you know, which is like the step before hospice where right. it's like, you know, it's, you're at a point where like, you can't do anything. You know what I mean? It's just like they medicate, they continue to give you the medications and stuff like that. And you know what I mean? And you kind of just take care of yourself. There's not anything they can do with like chemotherapy. They, they still recommended it up to that point, but she didn't want to deal with it anymore. At that right. point. She was, and you just ended up feeling even worse, right? Yeah. She was like, I'm just done with it. She's like, I, I don't want to mess with it. And I begged her to like go to different places, get second opinions, but you know, in hindsight, looking at all of it and the whole thing, I was just blinded by my, you know, my want for her to be okay and get better yeah. and stuff like that. If I was looking at it from a realistic point of view, there was nothing more that anybody could have done. We had did everything that we could have done, you know, and for her to have had it at such an early age and, and for her to be able to fight it as long as she had, you know, for you know seven, almost eight years, you know, she, yeah, that was amazing. You yeah. know what I mean? There, there, there was, you know, there was nothing to be disappointed about, you know, and besides the fact that she's not around anymore, she put up a damn good fight, you know. Yeah. I miss her every day though. It of course. Is, you know, it's it's still, you know, it's on my mind quite a bit, you know, a lot, especially a lot. I post on Facebook about it all the time and stuff, but I'm I'm just sharing it. I'm sharing about it so that way people can at least, you know, if, if they have something similar, like they can relate, you know what I mean? I want to be relatable, you know what I mean? It's like make myself again, emotionally available for people to be able to, to let that stuff out because it's like, yeah. you don't keep that in. That's, that's so bad for your, you know, it's so bad for you in the long run mm-hmm. being transparent and just be honest with yourself helps with, you know, the first step of getting out of like a depressive state or, you know, your anxiety. It's like, if you acknowledge it and you know what I mean, then, then at least, you know, you know, that, that there's something wrong, you know what I mean? Like, and then you can start to work at getting better. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's an accountability thing. 
you know, I, I can sit here and, and, and say that, yes, you know, I'm grieving, but it's like, if, if I'm not doing anything to progress myself out of it, you know, then it's, that's not good. You know, yeah. I'm just falling into this vicious cycle of just, you know, of, of a bad lifestyle that'll lead me down to a worse lifestyle. And I mean, just, you know, spiral out and stuff, which, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things it can happen. You know, like I tell everybody else, like, you know, maybe I'm doing all right right now, but I have my entire life to mess things up. You know, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, we so, all do. Right. It's so, it's so positive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it has been a devastating loss, you know, and it, it's just, it's one of those things like, you know, my grandfather, he, he was sick at an early, uh, uh, you know, in my life, he was sick at an early age. He was, he was already kind of, uh, he limited mobility too. He had a stroke, so he had problems getting around and stuff. And then, uh, he had been put on metformin, which is like a diabetes medication. Mm-hmm. Kidney started shutting down. And so this is right at the time when I was telling you, I was in middle school and they need to be around a little okay. bit more and they needed somebody to kind of be there with them and stuff. Cause he actually had to come into our house and he stayed with us and like, he needed somebody to kind of help him, you know, do, you know, bathroom things, get out of bed, you know, get to the, mm-hmm. get into the kitchen and stuff like that. Probably something that a 13, 14 year old shouldn't be doing, but you know, it's, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say that we weren't, we were poor. You know what I mean? My, my mom and dad had to work their asses off just to bring in any money, any money they could. And we didn't have money for somebody to come and help. So, yeah. you know, I could go to homeschool, be there for a few hours and do what I had to do, come home and then be there with my grandfather, you know? Yeah. And then eventually he got better. And, you know, I went back to school for a little bit, you know, like in middle school. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, I was like, I'm, I think I'm digging this homeschool thing. You know, went back to that, but of course it didn't work out. So anyways, uh, that was something that was kind of consistent in my life was, you know, that, that whole caretaker taking things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Crystal had asked me one time, she's like, you don't think that, you know, you work in the retirement home and, you know, you taking care of your grandfather at such an early age and, you know, you getting with me and everything and, you know, where I'm at now, you said, you don't think that it puts you here at this right moment and made you the person that you are to be able to be to able to deal with this. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess, I guess so. I was like, I never would have thought about it. You know what I mean? Like, and of course I'm like having this emotional breakdown, you know what I mean? Cause like, you know, we're being told that, you know, she only has months and stuff like that. And I was right. like, you know, you're like, I felt like, Oh man, I just wish there was more time. And she's like, well, I don't regret anything. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, and, and she, and I was just like, I feel like I, I could have been better. And she was like, well, she's like, you, she's like, I, I don't think you could be, you could be any more perfect. You know what I mean? And she's like, you, you're, you've done everything for me that you could, you've been, everything that I need. So I don't feel any guilt. You know what I mean? I will try to make myself feel guilty sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I, not purposely. I'm just saying like, I, it's just yeah, the yeah. human mind. You know what I mean? Just right. working and like you, you, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. But really it's no, no, I did everything. You know what I mean? Like any time that something had come up, everything else was second. She was first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was always, you know, she, she yeah. needed to be first. And it's, it was a very, you know, I guess a pivotal time in my life in 2017 where like, you know, I realized that, you know, once she, they had said like, you know, you have stage four, you know I mean? I was like, yeah, this is a, you know, we got married that year. I was like, yeah, this, this is serious. You know, this, this is, yeah. I was like, you know, there's only, there's only two things that's going to happen. You know, whenever you're, whenever you're diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, it's almost like it's a death sentence, you know, it's guaranteed that, you know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's not enough known, you know, treatments for it to, to bring you out of it. You know what I mean? Some people, some people are, you know, lucky, but, uh, they're still working on it. Cause they don't know, you know, they don't know enough about it. They don't know if they need to go and do surgery and then treat it with chemo or they need to do chemo, then go back and do surgery because they've shrunk it down. They have a better success of being able to get all of it, you know, and then go back and do another treatment and stuff like that after they've done that. It's, and it's, I think it's the fourth or the fifth most common killer of women, you know, of cancers, you know what I mean? And that's, it's, 
we don't know enough about it, you know. So I, I, I try to advocate for it, you know. Every, you know, every once in a while, you know, what I mean, I'll, I should probably do it more. You know, definitely should definitely do it more. You know, because the, the main thing is breast cancer, right? That's that's yeah. the number one thing. But ovarian cancer is making its way to be you know, fucking horrible. You see more and more young people getting it. You know, and the ovarian cancer was something that was more common in older women. You know, that's mm-hmm. for for somebody who was nineteen to have it. That's rare. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're seeing more of these rare cases come up. So now it's almost becoming like a common thing and we don't know enough about it to do anything about it. You know, I'm like, yeah. just, you kind of hope that removing the ovaries, which you're taking away, you know, a woman's, you know, capability yep. to have kids, you mm-hmm. know, that was something we had to deal with too. Like, you know, what if we wanted to have kids, you know, me and her were together for, you know, seven years, you know, almost eight years there were that immediately that choice was taken away. You know, I, I told myself I didn't want kids, but it's like looking back on, it, it's like, yeah, they they told us in there like if you want to have kids, you may want to get on it. You know, it you put you know it's like there's not even like a huge possibility that you could have kids right now, anyways. Yeah. So I mean, it was like you know you're pretty much stripping a woman of you know the the thing that they're born to do. You know, to give birth to children. You know what I mean? Procreate. You know what I mean? It's immediately you know it messes up their hormones and everything. Put you know puts them into menopause and stuff. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible on on a woman. You know to get a hysterectomy at tw- you know 21 years old. You know. Right. I, mean, I hope that. I don't have to hear about more people having ovarian cancer, but I know it's something that's there. It's going to constantly be there, you know, but yeah, I try to, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to advocate for it more. I'm going to do some more research and just keep on, you know, I did a lot of research, but right now I'm just kind of trying to decompress from the situation. Of course, man. Yeah. Still fresh. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I I have to, you know, you have to take a break from it and just kind of come back to it and, you know, little small parts, you know what I mean? Because like I said, it's like the other day I just got this, uh, letter and was of course it was addressed to her you know i'm mm-hmm. opening i pretty much i knew what it was it was like something about uh her you know election or something like that was coming up you know and like she was saying oh yeah your uh whatever your voter voter registration has been oh, canceled yeah. because yeah. of you know deceased you know you're deceased and i was like oh yeah you're sending a letter to a dead person <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <what? laughs> that's pretty much what it said i was like oh yeah uh <laughs> that's exactly pretty much what it said it's like yeah oh we're canceling your voter registration because you're deceased <laughs> okay okay i was like thank you yeah i guess thanks for the notification <laughs> well i guess it's good that everybody you know whoever receives it knows that Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a fake person trying to right. cast a vote somewhere. Yeah, in case my late wife is trying to go <laughs> vote, and well, she Jeez. can't now. It's, that is awkward. you have been canceled. That is very awkward. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was kind of it's it, it still hurts to see things like saying that she's gone. But I mean, it's it's, it's a constant memory, though. You know, I still I still live with my in laws. You know, because this we're you know, we've been for the past. You know five years four or five years because she had been sick you know for so long yeah and uh you know they wanted to be there for her and help take care of her too so it wasn't it wasn't like it was just me being there it was her parents you know they, they were a huge part of that and uh i mean it was it was just one of those things yeah man it's it's still hard like i i still stay in the bedroom where where you know she passed away i did sleeping in the same bed it's you know people are like oh man is does it ever you know is it too much and it's like yeah, dude, you know, all the time. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's all the time. You know, I've, I've, I'm just now able to at least like lay on that side of the bed a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's, but it, but it's comforting in a way. But some people grieve differently. You know, of course. So it, right now it's to the point where like I'm talking about it right now. It's like it sounds kind of morbid, but people grieve in their own way. Like some people will do very weird things. You know what I mean? Like some people. I don't you know it's almost it's almost an obsession you know yeah that turns into an obsession because they they can't let go of you know that that whole thing like they don't have closure on it 
you know, so I've seen people, you know, they wear the clothes and everything like that, which I do, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll put on her, some of her, like, she had this badass Hellraiser long sleeve <laughs> shirt that I was like, I'm going to fucking wear that. Hell yeah. Was, but now it makes me feel close to her and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it is, I think it's really good for me in the, in this grieving part of my life, you know, that, that I'm there and I'm continuing to just, it helps me accept it more and more, but it's like, I don't know how much more closure I could have gotten in that night. You of course. Know? You know what You're I mean? Like, the, yeah. I sat there with her for hours and hours and hours, even after everything had happened, just waiting on the funeral home to come and, and you know, and get her, which was the process of its own. I'd never had to deal with that. And, and then a couple hours later, I'm at the funeral home and we're planning the memorial and stuff like that. I was like, oh, wow. fucking just crazy, surreal, just all of it. Is so surreal, man. It still seems like it was yesterday that it all happened, you know? And, and I mean, I had always feared that that would happen, but it's like still, you still can't fathom it. You know, you still can't fathom something that devastating happening at such a, young age it was hard enough just to accept that she had cancer and now i have to right. accept that she's gone you know so were you there the for the first time when she found out yep okay you know, we had just gotten together so it's so crazy man she lived such an unfair life it seems like but she was so positive and she knew the value of life when i had met her she had just recently lost her boyfriend who had been murdered like she was at that's right i remember yeah. you mentioning yeah. that before he, they were they were both there at their apartment Somebody had tried to break in, you know what I mean? They were just trying to do, you know, just do like a little smash and grab, I guess, grab, you know, whatever money and cool things were there that he had saw. Cause like this guy had known them, he'd stay there for a little bit. And so he's like, Oh, I know this guy has this. So I'll just go in there and break in there. And just oh, really? So, but he ended up being home and you know, Crystal was there and he saw who it was and he saw that they had like, you know, a gun. So he tried to close the door and then all of a sudden the, the gun went off, you know, and saw you know, that whole thing Jesus. happened, you know, and, and like all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, she's still getting up from that. You know what I mean? Like she's getting back on her feet and, you know, just, you know, coming out of the, the whole trauma from that and then being her meat and stuff. And, you know, she's still having to go to these trials because it was like, a, you know, they're trying to pin these guys with capital murder. Hell yeah, it's capital murder, man. These right. fucking people, what are they doing? You know, why, why are they, why are they out here? You know, and these are kids, you know what I mean? Like, I think the guy that, you know, had, had uh, his name was Zane, the guy that got shot, he was like 18. You know, he was these kids, you know, they hadn't even graduated high school yet, you know, but she had just got done, you know, getting over that, you know, me and her got together. And like, I think within like three or four months of us getting together, you know, she started showing the signs that she had ovarian cancer. So, wow, it, dude, it was such, you know, she lived such a heavy life, you know what I mean? But one thing I can say is, you know, it definitely taught me how to be able to love unconditionally and to be more accepting and, and to and it taught me the value of life she already knew it because she already went through you know 25 years of fucking life you know, 18 yeah. and then now she's lived like 45 years you know what i mean at 27 you know what i mean like yeah she, she was such a strong woman definitely she seemed like a very selfless person too oh dude i mean she like i said she she made me the man you know what i mean she helped me be able to define myself as a man you know what i mean because i was just a kid you know i I wouldn't have been anything without her, you know, like that. She completed me and, uh, you know, I'm missing a huge hole and, you know, there's a huge void in my life right now. So, so far the way I've been dealing with it, it was like just with music, you know what I mean? I've, like I said, I've just, the music is something I've always loved. And it was something that I've, I've heard three times from people that I love. It's I heard my uncle say, it, I heard her say, it, I heard my grandfather say it. They're like, keep on playing music. And so that's all I can do. That's, yeah, that's the only thing I can see myself doing right now. And, I'm just going to try to push myself, you know, like one thing I keep on thinking that it's like, I know I'm gonna have to get a daytime job. Eventually it's like shows are going to run out. You know what I mean? Tribute band things going to slow down. You know, you can't ride this roller coaster forever. 
And, you know, that's why I'm trying to put myself out there as many things as I can, you know, just keep money constantly flowing in, you know, but be happy while I'm doing it and stuff like that. Do things that I'm passionate about rather than just, I'm just taking this gig just to take it, you know, just, you know, I want to be passionate about it. You know, I want to be able to be happy while I'm doing it, you know, which is very hard, you know, Mm -hmm. but, you know, that way I I don't feel so guilty about something, you know what I mean? I feel fulfilled, you know, that's, I think that's very important for you to carry on doing a career is do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel happy with what you're doing instead of just doing it, you know, just to do it, you know, like I would, I would get burnt out so quick, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I battle with the whole thing of wanting to be a musician sometimes, but I mean, everybody just, they, they question whether they want to do something or not eventually in their life. Yeah. It's natural to just check in yourself. Yeah. Am I wasting my time? Yeah. It's <laughs> that's, like, that's I mean, a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you're making career decisions, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's, this is one of those things like it's, it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's a cool gig if you if you're able to be a musician your entire life and pay your bills. But uh, not everybody is that lucky. You know, yeah. they have to take on a different, you know, a different path, you know, and it's, you know, some people, they get to do kind of both. You know what I mean? And then other people, they only get to do one or the other. You know, they, they kind of see like, oh, well, that was something I used to do, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I, I want to try to chase after it as, as much as I can and, and really solidify it. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I. I, I I have trouble defining myself. I still feel like I'm just some dude who jams. <laughs> I'm just some dude who jams right now, you know. But I'm uh, maybe yeah, I'll I make a couple could, dollars. I think you could totally kill it in like a a full full production cover band situation, you know, yeah. like like doing weddings and stuff like that, like events. I think yeah. you could totally do like work your way into that as you know, if you have to have a daytime yeah. job or a full time job, right. like that would be it because yeah, those if you get with a good company or good mm-hmm. place yeah that's consistent yeah that and that's that's one thing I'm, I'm gonna try to aim for that sooner or later you know i mean i'll you know I'll, eventually i'll have enough material that I, you know cataloged in my brain that right. you know, i'll be able to that's something i want to do is like at least be able to learn how to <laughs> read music that's yeah. going to be the kicker too i'm <laughs> sure because you know they could say we're going to play this song and you think oh i know it but but then they say well it's going to be in the key of d this, yeah and you know it in g or something weird yeah. you know that's that would throw me off i would be i'd be lost <laughs> um, yeah i'm lost i can't even read tablature like i have a hard time reading tablature i learn everything by ear oh really yeah it's that's that's everything it's like i'll watch a few videos and stuff like that and try to get really close but other than that everything's by ear like i read tablature and it looks I don't know. I don't know what it look. It looks like some kind of a, if it's, if it's binary like, to me. <laughs> yeah, if it's complex yeah. or you know the timing is really weird. I see all the notes, but how? Where? Where is the? I can't grasp how those notes went together. Sometimes, if it's really technical. Yeah. So yeah, same same situation. It's like I'll just kind of get an idea of where it is on the fretboard mm-hmm. and then kind of play it what sounds sounds right. right. Yeah, dude, it's, it gets so frustrating. Like, I'll read tabs and, like, I want to punch a hole in my computer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, it's like I get so frustrated. I was like, who the fuck wrote this? Like, yeah. we, we did just type in a whole bunch of zeros and ones and fucking 13s and stuff like that and putting random bendy things here. It's like, yeah. fuck whoever wrote this. <laughs> this is a waste of my time. Yeah, it's like, I, I know there's like, there was this Megadeth tablature book and I was looking at it. I was like, who the fuck wrote this? I was like, I need to go back and they need to fix it. It's like the official Megadeth thing. And I was like, no, this is definitely not how he plays it because I'm listening to it right now and this sounds so wrong. <laughs> it's like whoever whoever tabbed this out, you know, that you need to be, I don't know, fined at you least. Need you need to stop. <laughs> Have your computer and guitar taken away from you. <laughs> whoever, whoever did it, you know, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm not buying this tab of the book. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, like we're doing that as a day job. Yeah, I think the ultimate goal is I want to be, a, you know, a touring musician within my original band. But other than that, 
I mean, that was, that was always my goal is just to be a musician, just, yeah. to, you know, just to play guitar wherever, do whatever. Like that's the, you know, you kind of get into that whole, that balance of things. Like people, like they kind of have like this hierarchy of like, Oh, you're not, you know, you're not a real musician because you play in cover bands or, you know, you know, we're better because we write original music. Like you have people out there, like they'll, sure. they'll seriously, like, you know, they're screaming at you from their ivory tower. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we're better because we write original music. Okay. You know, that's, that's awesome, man. I, uh, you know, uh, I write original music too. You know what I mean? This isn't the only thing that I do. You know I mean? I play, I play cover songs. I was like, I write original music too. You know what I mean? I, you know, but that's an investment. You know, if I have money to invest back into my original band, I will, you know what I mean? But right now it's like, I'm just trying to do good to, to pay my bills. And if I can do that with music, well then that's a win for me because I'm a yeah. musician first. Right. You know what I mean? Right. People that's, are always like, that's my life, you know? Yeah. That's like playing at a, I mean, or working at a music store or something, yeah. you know, working at a guitar center. If you're around instruments, at least I knew somebody that worked at a, at a place and he, I guess he was able to get some like in-house lessons and stuff. So he's playing guitar all day long, yeah. getting lessons while he's there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, and then now he's, he does events and stuff and plays in a cover band. And he, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's making quite a bit of money cause he yeah. plays a lot of shows. Yeah. You know, so it could be, uh, be really good to, to be doing that kind of stuff. And then, you know, apply that to your own original stuff later if you wanted to on you know, business wise or whatever, right. you know, it's, I know it's kind of a different animal business wise with yes. cover bands and original bands, but, but still there's just, you know, dealing with people, I guess you might, might get a little more uh, experience with that. Yeah, definitely dealing like the one thing I can say about, uh, the, the tribute thing is like, you know, I went from playing in an original band, you know, and, and like there's maybe like five people there. Then all of a sudden, like there's like a packed house of like 200, 300 people there, and everybody's like, "Hey, Daniel! Hey, Daniel!" It's like, "Oh man, uh, what do I do?" <laughs> it's like I have so much anxiety. I'm stressed out right now. It's like, "Hey, what's going on, guys?" <laughs> and it's like I, I feel like I, I'm I'm uh, I don't want to feel like I don't care, you know what I mean? Or like I'm not trying to say what's up to them. It's like like really, I'm having like a panic attack. Like I'm <laughs> I'm freaking out. Like not only am I like freaked out because like I want to go and play the songs and like try to execute well, but like I'm freaking out because it's like oh man i'm in a room full of so many people i'm this small like i'm so like I'm so little and then all of a sudden there's 300 people get me out of here and i'm like the worst person to be a musician it's like i'm afraid of people and all this shit like that and interaction and, and you know next thing i know i'm up there you know jamming out in front of them it's like yeah what what, what is what is this duality <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just i'm super awkward too so like it makes it hard like i'll try to talk to people and it makes it super hard because i'm awkward i'm like I, obviously i'm not very eloquent with my words <laughs> You, you'll figure out, but it's like, uh, I'll just be like, oh yeah, that's cool, man. No, you're <laughs> fine, man. That's just your own, your own paranoia. Yeah. I think we all have that. I don't want to drag you back into, uh, depression land, but I have a couple other things I want to sure. ask about or mention. So besides the obvious having photos and videos for memories and stuff mm -hmm. with crystal, do you have like one of, uh, like a most memorable moment or something that really put you in a good place a good place mm -hmm. um memory wise i mean i have several dude every memory with her is like a great one one thing that she did do for me which i'm so appreciative of now is like she went to this build-a-bear the work build-a-bear workshop whatever and she got yeah. this little teddy bear and you can record your voice and she just recorded her voice uh, saying like i love you so like I'll, I'll touch it every once in a while like on Valentine's Day I did it like right now I'm getting emotional to think about it but it's like oh yeah. man it's so it's so cheesy you know it's cheesy like if you know the person like oh to it's just somebody else you. maybe right. right but it's like to me that's everything like you know I, you know 
I, I want to like I've been meaning to. I need to go and, like put a microphone up to it and record it just so I can just kind of save it on the computer. <laughs> of course, on, I have some. Put it on three hard drives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I've done that with so many projects. Like I have so many like projects that I've made. I'll put it on like two separate hard drives. <laughs> I, I am that paranoid. I am yeah. that guy. But yeah, no. Uh, that that's something that was really meaningful and that I do, I do cherish. I cherish that a lot. That's that's, that's something awesome. that was really cool that she did for me. That's very and cool. uh, you know it has helped me quite a bit. Like like there for like uh the first the first month, man. I I, I went and like any time that I get out of the bed, I'll make sure that that bear sat there right there next to me because if you know if I was there, I just want to reach over and squeeze it and just hear her voice. I could do that. Of course, I have a million videos and, and stuff like that of her on my phone and on Facebook and stuff like that. I can go and look at those every time. But you know it's just you know that's just something that's like i can hold this you know what i mean it kind of feels right. like reminiscing of her and plus like she made it look like her too so like it's you know there was that's there was cool. some sentiments behind it you know what i mean it was, yeah. it was cool that's awesome but i did try to watch my wedding video not too long ago and dude <laughs> talk about <laughs> devastating that was like it was the worst thing i probably could have done but I've, I've been trying to give myself these like uh these goals to meet like in my grieving process you know what i mean mm -hmm. not that there's like a you know amount of time you know what i mean that you you right. you know that you're putting on it you know what i mean like you grieve as long as you need to but at at, at a point you know what i mean it, you have to deal with it in a healthy way you know yeah. at least in my experience so far like uh you know i'm doing small things like you know packing up you know things out of the you know garage and taking them to a storage unit you know packing up things in the room and stuff like that so i try to set these goals for myself like what am I going to be able to deal with? You know what I mean? Like, you mm -hmm. know, am I, am I ready for this? Am I ready for this next step? You know, just constantly like setting these small steps for me to get back into a better mental state. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. again, you know, like the thing with depression, anxiety that I, that I've experienced in my life is that it's, it's all accountability. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't make somebody else accountable for your, you know, your, your mental state. You know what I mean? You have to be the one pushing and, and fighting that. You know what I mean? I know it's hard for certain people to, you know, to be able to do it alone, you don't have to do it alone. And that's the thing. There's, there's constantly people out there that will help you. And I, I've been so blessed with the fact that, you know, her, her mother who has a dissociative identity disorder, you know, multiple personalities, she has helped me a lot with, you know, like being able to tap into like what's going on and being able to be like, okay, well maybe I should go to therapy for a little bit. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should find some techniques on dealing with this and better, you know what I mean? Prepare myself for things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was constantly preparing myself for you know the next bad news and stuff like that you know what i mean I, I think there's a lot of people they can have a different opinion on you know what i'm saying but i think it's like when it comes to that it's like this is your health your mental health you know what i mean you, whenever you hear about a guy who goes out and eats you know 40 cheeseburgers and dies you don't really feel sorry for him because you know he wasn't living a healthy life you know what right I mean? somebody who is depressed and they're not getting help you know what i mean that's you know i feel bad for them you know what i mean because like they're scared to get help or they, they can't or something like that but they they are accountable themselves it's like i you know you could probably drag somebody to to you know a therapist or you know what i mean or a psychologist and try to get them the help they want and if they're just not willing to move forward from it, you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, it's not, yeah. I don't want to say give up on them. You definitely don't give up on them, but they're, you know, at a, at a point, you know what I mean? Like there's, what are you doing to yourself? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, what are you doing to yourself as a, as a person? You know what I mean? It's like, I've done everything I could do. Like I said, it's like, you know, I could make myself feel guilty for a million things that I didn't do for Crystal. But at the end of it, it's like, I did everything I could do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's just, it's accountability. You know what I mean? Like I, I make myself accountable for my, you know, my, my mental state and stuff like that. I need to be more, what am I influencing myself with? Am I, am I, you know, binging on the alcohol and stuff like that? Or am I, uh, eating too much bad food? Like I'm trying to cut out sugars and stuff like that. Of course, it's always finding its way back into my diet, you know, it's everywhere. So, 
you know. it really is in everything almost. yeah so it's like there's there's no way around it. it's gonna get back in my diet somehow but i'm just i'm trying to do small things like that you know i don't know i mean what what are your opinions on some of the the depression thing you know what i mean i i've obviously i've offered mine i don't know i kind of want to want to hear back on some of that you know what i mean? I don't know if i've said anything that like is what like what, what what is your like what is your opinion on the you know dealing with those type of things you know depression being accountable for that you know what i mean the mental you know how do you feel about that i guess it just depends on it's it's still a confusing thing to me really? because uh, another a friend his significant other is going through some sort of depression and it just my my first thought is what do you, when you say depression what is happening what physically is happening and what mentally is happening mm-hmm. i want if there's a physical reaction is it just like are you is your body sick is it just physical mm-hmm. and there's no mental stuff going on because i feel like it's probably has to it has to do with more mental stuff mm-hmm. going on because you're thinking about stuff and you're yeah overanalyzing or overthinking you're stressing yourself out which in turn could give you some sort of anxiety attack or panic oh, yes. attack or something yes and that in turn gives you all of the symptoms for quote unquote clinical depression mm-hmm. i don't know if it's something like that and i don't know if people really dive into where that stems from with what you're dealing with is pretty obvious you know yeah. you know, grieving a loss and, right but like with other people that have that have that it just it makes me wonder you know is is there something that you're not addressing in, right. your, in your head and you're not aware not, not that you're doing it on purpose but right. that you're just not aware of you know is it something some something traumatic Repressed. in your childhood right you know which you know and I've, I've had a lot of things like that in my life happen too you know what i mean and um i, th- I think the first step you know what i mean like to that is uh again like there there's tools that are out there to help you kind of you know isolate some of those things and, and mm-hmm. you know kind of be able to you know come at them in an appropriate way some like again some people are repressing to a point where like they don't know like my uh my mother-in-law Right. So she has however many different, you know, personalities. She's worked really, really, really hard going to therapy and psychologists for years just to be normal. Right. Mm -hmm. Because dissociative identity disorder, right. She could be the perfect wife. Like for the first, I think she said like for the first 10 years of her marriage, she was, you know, she was the perfect wife. You know what I mean? She was, you know, husband would come home, she'd have food on the table, took care of all the kids. And then one day she just broke. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you know, she just had this switch. She just went off and she was just mentally crazy, you know what I mean? And she's in the crazy house, you know what I mean? And they don't know what's wrong with her. And then finally, you know, she gets diagnosed with this, you know, dissociative identity disorder. And she was, you know, she was telling me about it. And she was like, man, I worked really hard just to be where I'm at. You know what I mean? Right now she's still on a, she's still on full disability because, you know, she could go and get like a part-time job, but because of what she's diagnosed with. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if she if she wanted to continue to be on disability and stuff like that, if she felt like she was on a good, you know, in a in a good mental place, you know, what I mean, where she could, you know, but she's already she's fifty seven, you know what I mean? So yeah, at this point, you know what I mean? It's she, she might as well. She does like small like eBay stuff to make money on the side, right? But she's like, I worked so hard, you know what I mean? She's like, I made my she's like, I, I have I made myself accountable for those things. She's like, because I wanted to get better, you know what I mean? Some some people like it's it they do want to get better they don't know what's wrong it's it's hard for them to figure out what's going on like for me for a long time i didn't know i had anxiety i thought like i mean i had no idea that i had anxiety i was i was like 14 or 15 right and i was obsessing over the end of the world 
why you know i thought i thought every like i was literally i was like marking days off the calendar expecting like you know this day to be the one that you know like the world's going to end or something like that i was obsessing like i i would almost say like i had an obsessive compulsive disorder like and it was depressing like i was it was it was the point where like as a kid i wanted to commit suicide because i didn't want to have to watch everybody i love die it was it was horrible like that was a dark time in my life i remember being a teacher and it's like my parents you know, we were so broke and stuff like that. I did, they couldn't take me to the doctor. You know what I mean? Like I, that, you know, what was I supposed to do? How was I supposed to deal with that? I mean, I was lucky. I was fortunate that I was able to come out of that. And, you know, like you know, now I'm able to, to realize that, you know, it was there, there was something wrong there. You know what I mean? But some people, they don't, they don't have that, you know, they don't have that help. And that's why I said, man, it's like, reach out, you know, always reach out to people. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's, but- I mean, don't, you know, don't ever just, you know, like if you see and you feel like somebody's going through something and, you know, put your feelers out there, you know, just say, hey, man, I'm here. I'm, you know, talk to me. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it, but, you know, that's you, you can talk about it to me. You know what I mean? Just confide in me, even if it's just about something else. You know what I mean? Just confide in me, whatever. I just I just want you to know I'm here. And so many people did that for me. And like you said, sometimes it's obvious. You know what I mean? It's obvious, obvious, you know, that I'm going through that and stuff like that. But, man, before before. Crystal had gotten sick, man. I had horrible depression for a lot of reasons, you know what I mean? Because of my home life, you know, there's some th- stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, with my father, you know what I mean? And it just, I, I but I, you know, as, as I got older, you know what I mean? I, I went to a couple therapy sessions and it really helped me out. You know what I mean? It really, really helped me kind of, uh, I was able to, you know, not have a biased opinion. You know what I mean? I could say yeah. what I could say whatever I wanted to and not feel like somebody was going to help me kind of like if I wanted to call my dad a fucking asshole, call him a fucking asshole. You know right. what I mean? That's, that's how you feel. Say it. You know what I mean? Like this, you know, like, you know, I'm going to say this right now. It's like, there's times where it's like, dude, I want to die. You know, I want to die right now. It's, it's like, there's sometimes I say that it's like, but I don't want to follow through with it. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know what I mean? It's like, I, if I'm saying that, you know what I mean? What's the reason? Why am I saying that? Why do I want to die? What's making me feel and that? Where way? does that come from? Right. Yeah. Why, why do I want to die? You know what I mean? Cause you have the questions. I don't know. I just want to die. It's there's something more behind it. It's like, I don't feel like being here. Why do I not feel like being here? Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you had to question yourself. You know what I mean? I want to get down to the bottom of this. And that's just me. Like, I want to figure out what's going on. Cause I don't want to feel like that. You know what I mean? I just had to watch somebody that I loved. I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. And like to think about the people that I love, you know, dealing with that, that hurts even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's people. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a huge step in the right direction for, you know, for anybody, if it's a matter of, you know, feeling that way and you have the sensibility to question yourself. Like, yeah. why do I feel that way? It's not just, I don't feel good and just, yeah. just swimming in it. it right. It, it, I want to know why this is that way. Where does it come from? You yeah. Know? You have to get down to it and you have to figure it out quick because man, you're, you're tipping the scales and, and you know, you're, you're playing with fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're not really playing with it. He's like, you don't choose this stuff. You know what I mean? Some people it's, it's, it's a straight chemical imbalance in their brain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, there's things that are just that were wrong with them. They're they were wired that way, and it, there's nothing that they can do about it. They can, you know, besides take the correct medication and stuff like that, and just try to get the help, all the help they can, you know. But yeah, that's me. I was like, I wanted, to, I wanted to figure out why I was feeling that way. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people think that these people that you know that commit suicide is so they're selfish. Oh, he was selfish. He didn't care. You know, you know, he was he was totally you know about himself. That's not true. Because man, you, some could be, but that's yeah, probably not true for a lot of people. Oh, man. You don't never you don't know what goes on in people's heads. You, like you just one point in my life where like I felt like I was a nuisance to everybody around me, and like I just didn't want to be here. But I started to feel like, well, why am I feeling like this? 
and you know what, what what was making me feel like I was a nuisance and, and what a, I think what I came to the conclusion of myself you know awareness of like with what I, I came down to was that I felt like I was a nuisance because I was having trouble finding a job I wasn't happy where I was with my career I wasn't being the best you know partner to you know to, to crystal at the time you know what I mean I was going through a really hard time you know just battling so many things like I wasn't happy because I wasn't playing music at this time I was wasn't in a band or anything like that and I just wasn't playing guitar at all it seemed like I was probably playing guitar a little bit but you know like I was just totally depressed and like I just I felt like I was a nuisance I was like there's no point it's like you know I should just just brought myself off you know what I mean just I, I, I'm just planning the day you know what I mean and I was like what what can you do to fix that you know what are you what are you doing to what are you doing to help that to 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 try to change that and uh, like I was realizing that nothing I was going home and I was buying like a fucking 12 pack of out you know beer just out 12 pack of alcohol <laughs> so but I was like going home and buying like a case of beer or something like that and depressing myself more drowning myself in it and just living this repeat cycle of of trying to repress it and mask all these feelings and, and then think I could come back and you know be better the next day from it you know, I wasn't doing anything healthy at all and that's why it's like I had to make myself accountable. It's like, do I really want to continue to hurt this person that I love so much and you know hurt myself? You know, I need to fix this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to figure out how to fix this. You know, I want to be strong enough to, I want to be strong enough to to be like, hey man, we we can beat this because it's not just me. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not the only person that's that's going through depression and stuff like that. I'm not the only person you know that that you know knows about it. So like everybody, it deals with them. You know, we're we're all wired to you know, have these things happen, you know, to feel, but you know, the one thing that, you know, one my, my therapist from the se- session that I was sitting with him, he's like, you know, sometimes we have to realize that feelings are just feelings. It's just a feeling. It's not a permanent thing. Yeah. You know, they can be, they can be very deceiving. You know it's what I mean? Not it's not truth it's, either. Yeah. It's not truth. You know what I mean? You just, you feel that way. Don't let that dictate your entire life. Like this one moment of me feeling like, dude, I'm a piece of shit. Well, yeah, maybe you feel like that way, but that's just a feeling right now. I mean, it, it, that's that doesn't define you, you your entire life. It's like you didn't always feel like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just and one of those even things. if you actually were a piece of shit at one point, that's at that one point, or yeah. you know, it's not you don't live your life that way, or right, or whatever. It's it's uh, it's the 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 own narrative that you give yourself in your head, right? It's incorrect sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing, man. It's like uh. Well, like I said, I mean, I have my entire life to do everything right, but I also have my entire life to do everything wrong too, you know, and, you know, again, you know, not everybody's a face things head on type person, you know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. think I've only become the face things head on type person because I've had to face things head on because I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Your sword is drawn. Yeah. Like at all times. So right? it's, it's like, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. It's like, you know, either, you know, go fight or flight, you know what I mean? It's just, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of the things like, I mean. I had to learn how to, to cope with all these different things in my life, you know what I mean, in order to uh to be to be the the best spouse that I could for, for Crystal when, with what she was going through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I wasn't the perfect spouse, you know what I mean, but eventually I, I made myself a better spouse, you know what I mean? To to be more equipped to you know, to be there for her and to be emotional availability for her. And eventually it got me to a point where I was in the right place at the right time with my career. You know what I mean? I was doing the tribute bands and the cover bands and it worked totally around my schedule. I was still bringing in the money. I was able to be at a full at home caretaker to her. And you know what I mean? It just, I had to come up from so much from that though. And it all started with me asking myself, 
why do, what do I feel this way? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. even if I didn't have the answer, I was searching for the answer, you know what I mean? Rather than just ignoring it and putting it off, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you just put it off, it's, you, you'll never figure it out. You'll never, you know what I mean? You, I, I, I highly doubt somebody who actually, you know, has depression is just going to wake up one day and just be like, okay, I feel better. You yeah. Know, that's it. It light switches off. I mean, like maybe, maybe that's true. Like in somebody that's bipolar, but even then it's just, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. You know what I mean? That's constantly yeah. mood swings that are going, they're going through, you know what I mean? And it's still something that has to be addressed because, you know what I mean? You can go to one time that switch doesn't flick back up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't come back from that just depressed. That's it. You know what I mean? That's the only way that you feel it's, you know, you, you have to be able to, to realize those things and really kind of get, you know, familiar with them. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is taboo too. Cause like, I feel like I'm, I'm saying things that maybe, you know, some people won't agree with and stuff. This, this is just my personal experience with it. And, you know, this is all, this is all my opinion. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't, I'm just, this is how I've dealt with it. And you know what I mean? Like, but the one thing that I can say is like, that there's something going on in your life. Reach out to somebody, you know, people there, people around you help. There was such an overwhelming amount of help for me after Crystal had passed. And during the time, whenever she was going through everything, I didn't feel, how could I ever feel alone? Like, I mean, I've got, or obviously your friends with me on Facebook and it's like, it's just overwhelming support you know what i mean like i i if i were to say i feel so alone right now and there's nobody there for me i would be lying so you're well well yeah and, and your phone would blow up immediately yeah i would be i'd be like yeah no like nobody loves me and just you know i would get you People know knocking on your door and yeah calling your phone dude i mean yeah this be, you just you don't know until you put yourself out there you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's so hard people are so prideful and there's there's so it, it's so hard to be transparent and like that's one thing that I figured out. Is it's so hard to be transparent and and to really to 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 leave yourself open for those things because like it's such a vulnerable thing, right? Yeah. People can hurt. You're already hurt, and you're leaving yourself open by saying, "Man, this this is how I feel." And people, you feel like you're going to be shamed for it. You shouldn't be shamed for it, man. No. You should. There's no reason why you should be shamed for for feeling sad for for you know having thoughts. You know what I mean? That's like. You know, these things, they're not normal thoughts, but you're not the only person that's going through this. You know what I mean? There's people out there that are feeling these same things. You know what I mean? And they want to help you. You you want to help them. Like, you know, if you can come back from it, that you would never want anybody to ever be there again. Or you just want to be good enough to be able to continue to do the things that you love in your life. Right. Well, for other people out there that are dealing with a, a situation similar to what you dealt with, with Crystal, what do you have any words of encouragement or any advice to offer i would say try to practice unconditional love that was something that was huge with me um i realized she was going through a really really hard time in her life uh she had to accept a lot of things that uh you know you probably shouldn't have to accept at such a young age and uh they're gonna go through they're gonna be going through things you know what i mean they're gonna be going through their emotions they're gonna be dealing with depression they're gonna be dealing with all this stuff and uh even if they are being really horrible in that moment and stuff like that, you can still love them and you can be forgiving. Though obviously if they're like beating you, you know what I mean? That's, that's not healthy. But if, you know, in my situation it was like a, you know, I just, I had to make myself um, emotionally available to be able to deal with that stuff. If she was, you know, if she felt like she was going to be mean that day, you know, I could feel it coming on. I could feel sometimes like she was going to say some hurtful things and stuff like that. And of course I still reacted in a very, you know, defensive way probably sometimes, but mm-hmm. I just had to come back and be like, Hey man, this is just, all right, let's let it go. I understand you're upset. I'm upset. I still love you. You know, I'm not going to, 
you know, just don't run away from it. You know what I mean? Like, don't yeah. run away from it. Try to, again, try to get down to be a problem solver. You know what I mean? Like, realize that, you know, these feelings are coming from, you know, from somebody who's scared. They're scared for their life. You know, when it comes to that whole situation, like, you know, if I had to tell somebody, like, they're scared for their life right now. You know what I mean? They 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 don't know what's going to happen. There There's no definitive you know, answer that like, you're going to come out of this and you're going to be a okay, you know, for the next 15 years, it's, you know, it could, you know, one day everything's good. The next day, horrible. You know what I mean? And it's, it's life, you know what I mean? It's so, so fragile, you know what I mean? And also it's unpredictable and, you know, it's just make yourself emotionally available and just love them. Love, love. Like, I mean, just try to go out and do things. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that would, uh, keep you in a positive place you know what i mean like uh try to strengthen your intimacy with that person you know what i mean uh that's one thing that i did was uh, i learned how to strengthen our intimacy you know with, without on a, without being in a physical way you know what i mean it was just like confiding in each other and telling each other like exactly how we felt like even the deepest you know parts of my soul that i never shared with anybody just total transparency you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you know, I, this is how I feel, you know what I mean? Are, yeah. Do you hear me? You know, do you hear how I feel right now? And like, you know, do you understand that? You know, like, I'm not saying these things cause I want to hurt you. I'm saying these things because this is how I feel and I'm scared to you, you know? And then she would tell me, well, this is how I feel. And you know, this, you know, I'm scared. This is why I'm scared or I'm upset because I see you doing these things. And you know, I, I don't think that it's right or I don't think that it's fair. And, you know, and, but it's like, okay, well then I'll, I'll try to work on that or, just just try to be the best because it's a team you know it's a team effort you know yeah going going through a battle like that you know what i mean nobody should do that alone you know nobody should ever do that alone you know and that was the one thing that i told her from me and i was like you're not alone yeah yeah you know you're definitely not alone i was like so whatever i could do to 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 rise up to the occasion i would do it you know what i mean and then continuously i was you know i was being you know beat down either by myself or just by life but i had to you know i saw her as as a, you know a pillar of strength for me so i needed to be you know just as strong as she was if not stronger to be there for her you can't have a weak you know foundation on that everything that we had built together you know what i mean yeah, we, yeah and a really relationship in general works that way and then you're yeah. going through all that on top of it so mm-hmm. yeah it's, i mean i don't i don't know how i don't know how else to put all that stuff you know what i mean it's just one of those things that's you know, if you have a strong relationship and you truly love that person and, you know, they are the most important person in your life, it'll all make sense. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll figure it out immediately what you need to do, you know? And uh, that's, <laughs> it's like a blanket statement, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh yeah, you're going to, you know, just, you know, you'll figure it out. You know, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm just saying that, you know, you, you love them enough and you realize that, you know, they're going through a lot of stuff and you're going through a lot of stuff. And the, the thing is, it's like, uh, you can't resent them. You know what I mean? For the fact that they're they're going through so much and they're trying to figure it out for themselves, you know. Right. That that takes me to my next question that I had here was I can't help but to be very empathetic when I see or hear people going through such hard times like that. And I pretty much never know what to say or what to do. So I was wondering if you could offer up your opinion on some better ways to, uh, or, and, and some not so better ways to approach people <laughs> and offer condolences, you know, mm-hmm. when someone's going through something like that. I think I don't want to inter- interrupt you, but I ask that and say that because putting myself in that position, if I lost someone close, 
the thought of someone telling me I'm so sorry means pretty much less than nothing to me. Yeah. That's I, and I'm not being mean about that. I'm just saying right. like, you know, it's it, not going to put a dent in anything because of what's going on. There's right. like, so it's, it's like a force field comes up. So right. that, that's not going to penetrate that force field at the moment. So right. that's, that's why I ask. Um, if nobody had said anything, I think it would probably hurt in the long run. Um, at least you said, you know, you're at least telling that person like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I acknowledge that you're going through something. You're acknowledging them. You're mm-hmm. acknowledging the fact that they're going through something and you, you want to share the pain, at least say to say, I'm sorry. I love you. You know what I mean? And some people like, that doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing right now. You know, right. it'll mean something eventually to you in time and the time totally, you know what I mean? People that, you know, they constantly say it and everything like that. It means the world once you're eventually able to accept it and just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is real. You know what I mean? In that moment, it's just like you kind of just shut off and that's, mm-hmm. it's totally understandable. Um, some things that people would do would be like, I'm so sorry. And then they would share like, you know, about things that they had went through, which you know, very similar situations and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And they waited, they gave me time before they had sent someone that. So they didn't send right. it immediately. They waited a little bit of time because theirs was a little bit more in depth. You know what I mean? They, they related to it, you know, on different on level, yeah, on a different level. And so those things like, you know what I mean? I have, I had this one guy, his, his name is uh, Travis Willis. I think he's a lead singer of infidel rising. Mm-hmm. Very similar story. His wife had ovarian cancer and uh, he kind of waited to reach out to me. And, uh, whenever he reached out to me, he kind of told me, he was like, you know, Hey man, he's like, I went through a very similar thing. And what he had said had meant a lot because he knew exactly where I was coming from. He knew the type of space that I needed. He, you know, it was just something that meant a lot and not everybody's going to know exactly where you're coming from when when you lose somebody, but he did. So like he knew what I needed, you know what I mean? And how I was probably going to be approaching it, you know, because I, he probably lived a very similar, you know, lifestyle like I had, you know what I mean? But, uh, the wrong things to say is like, (laughs) I think the one thing I got, you know, that, that still kind of, she's not in pain anymore. Well, she's not here. Like I, even whenever she was in pain, she was still happy to just be here. She would deal with the pain. She didn't, she didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, I, you know, I don't give a fuck about this pain. She's like, as long as I'm here and as long as I'm able to, you know, she's like, you could take every fucking part of my body you want to, as long as I get to be here and enjoy, I'll make the best of it. When people said that to me, I was like, you don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? You, you didn't know her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you didn't know her. I was like, she was the strongest person to me, you know, again, and she would have dealt with that and she would have lived her life and she would have fought through that pain and just said, I'm in pain, but you know, I'm still kicking it and I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And so for people to be like, well, she's not in pain anymore. And it's like, yeah, she's not, you know I mean? I hated to see her suffering. You know what I mean? I hated to see her go through so many changes and to have so much taken away from her. But that's not to say that their people, people wouldn't be there for her entire life trying to help mm-hmm. her. You know what I mean? And yeah. obviously we were, you know what I mean? We were there to help her and stuff, but you know, maybe try not to just, you know, say things like, Oh, they're not in pain anymore. They're not suffering anymore. Just, you know, just try to say something like, you know, I love you. I'm so sorry. I loved crystal. You know what I mean? Or, you know, or, you know, I love this person, you know, so-and-so, you know, I have this good memory, maybe share a good memory about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I think to me, and that's what would, you know, that helped me a lot was like, I, I asked people, I was like, Hey, share a good memory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people, they just, they didn't know. They had just kind of known me through Facebook pen pal buddies, you know, how, sure. you know, they just, you know, I saw, you know, I saw everything. You're like, we're so sorry. We followed it and we were hoping for the best for you guys. And that means a lot. You know, the fact that they, they took time out of their day to keep up with people that maybe they hadn't even met in person before. Yeah. And it, you know, it struck something in them, you know what I mean? 
and I guess it was because it's very real because you could put yourself in that shoe. Like, you know, how would you feel if, you know, you lost your wife? It would, it would, yeah. You know, yeah. you put yourself in your, sh- those shoes, you know, trying to empathize with it. And they're like, oh man, this is. Yeah. I, I, that's what I was, when I was coming up with that question, that thought, I'm imagining myself in that situation and the outpour of people, you know, uh, saying like, I'm sorry, or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of what would come my way. And when something happens to somebody else that I know, the first fucking thought that comes to my head is, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I think someone's saying it to me. I'm like, yeah. okay, thanks. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's hard because, I mean, what do you, what do you do? There's nothing, there's nothing that can be, you know, like you said, it's yeah. the, the, the thought is nice enough, but yeah. in that moment, it's just hard. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to, to gauge what someone's going to do. Cause some people could be just like, Oh, thank you. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm glad there is no suffering anymore. I, yeah. it was, it was awful. Yeah. You know, and it just depends on your situation, I suppose. Right. Really. Like you said, she's strong and yeah, and she's just happy to be here. Some people were in agony and yeah. don't want to be here at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like, and that, that was the thing. It's like they're near the very end. Yeah. That was, that was a point of like where it's like, yeah, dude, I don't, you know, I'm glad that she's not like that, but it's like, she wasn't always like that. That was just like the last, you know, that was like the last couple of weeks. You know what I mean? That part. Yes. But it's like, you know, you're saying, I'm glad she's not suffering anymore. Like I'm thinking my entire, my entire, you know, time I was with her and stuff like that. I was like, but she, yeah, well, she was only suffering this last bit of it. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. no man, it's like that. I don't know. You know, maybe just a better way to approach it was just start out with, I love you. You know what I mean? It's like, I love you, you know, maybe share a fond memory and just be like, you know, whatever you need, I'm here, you know? Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Like that, that's it, that's good to you, you know. What I mean? I'm sorry, I offer my condolences, but you know, like yeah, if, I'm not saying to not do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, and you know, if something ever happened to me, I threw yeah. something out there. You can say you're sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna be mad about it. Or right? Yeah, it's it's just not it's not gonna hit you immediately that yeah you know, somebody's reaching out to you. Um, if it was the other shoe on the foot, you know what I mean? I, I would just you know reach out and say, man, I love you, and whatever you need, I'm here. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, and that's the thing is just you know, sure whenever you're ready, you know, yeah. to talk about it. You know what I mean? I can remember this time that, you know, Chantel did this, you know what I mean? And then it, it was really cool. And, uh, I'll miss her. I, I I love you. And again, whenever you're ready, you let me know, you can call me, we'll go out, you know what I mean? We'll just we'll keep your mom busy. You know what I mean? Because it, the thing is, is like, even, even as much as that happened for me, people got me out and stuff like that. As soon as I would go back, it was there of course you know i mean it's there so it's like you're you're never really gonna run away from it it's not nothing's ever going to change that you know what i mean you're gonna feel it no matter what it's just one of those things it's like uh people just being there though at least you were there in company of people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you know i was i tried not to isolate myself because i knew if i isolated myself for too long it would get to the point where it's like i may start thinking stupid things really stupid things yeah i was very vulnerable and like I said, I'm very fragile. You know what I mean? I've been very, very fragile for a long time. I needed to keep myself, you know, out, out, out of that. You know what I mean? I needed to, to, to find some some good things, you know what I mean? To put myself in, you know. Yeah. Put myself around good people. People that were, you know, intelligent. You know what I mean? Not, <laughs> you know, people that were intelligent or not not intelligent, but intuitive of, you know, like being, you know, dealing with certain things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, because like if I, if I went and hung out with my, my friend who bangs heroin, I'm, I'm in such a fragile state. Maybe I might think, Hey man, I might want to bang some heroin or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Try uh, some cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It's like something. Yeah. Dude, it's like you're, you're, you're super, you know, vulnerable and fragile. Yeah. You know vulnerable I mean? would be a very, you know, I mean, a very obvious thing. I would think yeah, I so, would, I would feel that way. Cause I mean, 
Jesus. I mean, besides besides the force field that I mentioned about, you know, someone saying I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> not penetrating that force field. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just I, I wouldn't even know how to process to begin a process. Yeah, it's like trying to because uh, you're you're trying to numb that. Of course, you're already numb to mm-hmm. it, um, but you're like trying to numb it even more. Like you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to fill a hole in a situation where you're not whole anymore. That was, that was the thing is like, I had to realize that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't whole anymore. You know, I had to accept that, that, you know, there was a, there was a huge part of my life that was, that's gone now. You know what I mean? And, uh, that wasn't, that's another thing too. It's like, Oh, she's, she's not, she's not really gone. You know, she's always here with you in spirit and stuff like that. It's like, I have her memories and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to get into spirit, spirituality and religion and stuff like that. It's like, yes, you know what I mean? That's, that's awesome and stuff like that. But I want to be able to, to you know, roll over in bed and kiss my wife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, to say like, Oh, she'll always be with you in spirit. It's like, man, if, if that's the truth, I feel so fucking alone right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds nice, but yeah, it's, yes. it's, 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 yeah. it seems comforting, comforting on paper and, you know, and written yeah. out in letters and stuff where are on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice sentiment, but at the same time, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like, I want to be able to roll over and kiss my wife. You know, I want to be able to roll over and hold her hand. I want to be able to just wake up out of middle night and be like, Hey, I had this dream. You know, what do you think it means? You know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, Hey, I'm hungry. You want to get something to eat? You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to do simple things. You know what I mean? It's and that she's not there for those things. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, you know, every day, every day is a little bit harder to, you know, to go on, but also every day is a little bit easier in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Not easier, I guess. Like, I guess it's, it's easier to see that, you know what I mean? Like I, I know that she's she's gone. She's not coming back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, it's it's but it makes it harder and easier. You know what I mean? Because it's like I, I, I she wouldn't want me to be stuck here forever. You know what I mean? Like stuck in this this whole situation. She she didn't want her her fight and her struggles with the cancer to define her. You know what I mean? She yeah. she wanted to be defined by the strength and the uh, you know the positive outlook that she always had in her love for life. You know what I mean? You know, I would define her, you know what I mean, if I was just sitting here thinking everything about her cancer and stuff like that. No, that's that's not who she was. That was just a part of her life. That was only yeah. that was only a part of the years that I was there, unfortunately. You know what I mean? But but that wasn't the only things about Sounds her. Sounds like that's what you were there for. Yeah. Just to help her through that. Yeah. And, you know, she was, she was a baker. You know what I mean? She was an artist. She was, you know, she loved hiking. She loved so many different things, you know what I mean? And there were so many things that made her a beautiful person. And her her dealing with that was just a part of her life. It didn't define her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And people were like, you know, she she's a cancer fighter. Well, yeah, I mean, but it seems like that's the way she's been deemed. You know what I mean? Like she's a cancer fighter. Well, she was just a person. Yeah. She, you know, she was a regular person. Like you and I. Like I'm just a regular person and stuff. Like that's why I was like, I have trouble calling myself a musician. I was like, I really don't want to define <laughs> myself as anything. I'm just I'm just a guy. I'm just a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. You know, unfortunately, you know, she just, she got sick, you know what I mean? And we just, we had to learn how to cope with it. You know, we had to learn how to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Again, I would never wish it on anybody. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if you, if you could run through like maybe a day, you know, like one of the, you know, if you were having to take care of her quite a bit, you don't have to go into super detail, but I mean, just for somebody, you know, maybe that, that, that is unfortunately about to go through something like this you know not to scare them but you know yeah so a typical day in our day would be something like uh we wake up at eight o'clock get out her medicine give her all our medicate all of her medications make sure that everything was dosed out properly mm-hmm. um i would go in i would get her 
her insure whatever breakfast that she asked for. And then uh, we would sit up for a little bit, you know, put on whatever she wanted to watch on TV and kind of just get comfortable and try to plan out the rest of the day. And, you know, once we figured out if, you know, she wanted to get out to the living room or if she wanted to stay in bed, we'd be, you know, we'd be like, okay, well, today, do you want to try to, uh, you know, you want to try to take a bath? You want to, you know, do you want to do something like that? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, I'm kind of tired. Okay. Well, if you don't want to take a bath, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll get you like sometime, you know, between, you know, today and tomorrow, you know, or something. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, you want to change your clothes? We'll change your clothes and everything like that. Uh, you know, because, you know, sometimes because she was in so much pain, it was hard to move her around a lot. You right. know what I mean? She was dealing with a whole bunch of different aches and pains. Yeah. You know, so we didn't want to move around too much, make her too uncomfortable. You know, I started, with, you know, asking her, you know, certain things like that. And she'd be like, yeah, I wanted to get changed. I want to take a bath. I want to go out to the living room. Okay, well, cool. We, you know, we'll get you changed. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll give you the bath. You know what I mean? We'll do all that stuff. We'll get you in your chair. You know, and so then we have to, you know, get me and her mom together you know that's sometime in the afternoon you know mm-hmm. then we get her into her chair push her out to the living room once she's in there well, what do you want for lunch get her ready for her you know afternoon medication go ahead and sit out there for a certain amount of time well what time do you think you want to go back to the bedroom okay all right we'll get you ready you know to go back there wait for you know whoever's going to help me your mom or your dad get her back into the bedroom get her back into the bed make sure she was comfortable and everything like that and then uh, plan out her nightly medication what do you want for dinner you know, uh, everything, everything is very much, uh, it's planned out. You know, you try to think ahead, you know, you try try to be ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. I would say be prepared to almost, almost in a way, take care of a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it, it gets, it gets, you know, whenever you, whenever you're that, that you're, when you're at that point of like deterioration in, in the body and stuff like that, it becomes very much like taking care of a child. You yeah. know what I mean? You have to plan out your entire day. You know, hopeless. it's just, it sounds, you know, it sounds exactly like I'm, I'm saying these things and it's like it just you would almost approach it in the same way that you you're taking care of a child but you have to give the person dignity you know what i mean you know it's like you have to treat them you know with humanity you know what i mean and it's like let them make their decisions and you know what i mean like you know to hear them out and stuff like that don't just do something and force yourself upon them you know mm-hmm. what i mean like to like oh you're, well you're changing today you know what i mean you you yeah or you know you've wore those you know shorts or something like that for two days and well, you have to change today it's well i mean i mean you you could say that yeah but you don't have to be an asshole about it right right it'd be like we really need to get you out of those sometime today you know and I, that's what i would say i was like you know we need to we need to get you out of those sometime today she, and she was like well not right now okay just sometime today you know yeah we'll, we'll get you you know enough medication to feel better and stuff like that and, right you know it was just one of those things like you you planned out your entire day so once i was done with that i would get her comfortable enough and then say for instance it was like a tuesday that i had a show okay all right i'm gonna pack up my stuff put it in the car uh sally which is my mother-in-law are you going to be good you know to stay up with her you know what i mean you're going to be able to get her everything she needs yeah i'll get everything she needs okay i'll be back about you know 2 30 in the morning and you know i'll get her her nightly medication whatever she needs and i'll check on her then you yeah. know so then then i would begin my night shift type thing you know what i mean so i was up in early in the morning i would get her you know I'd get her ready and, and everything like that then i would kind of sleep sometime through the day like whenever she went to the living room and then i would wake up later on in the afternoon after she would get ready to go back into the bedroom and I would sit with her then, and then I would go out at night, and I would come back late at night and get everything that she needed done in the night, make her comfortable so she could sleep through the night and stuff. And just yeah. Repeat, just repeat. But yeah, man, thinking of it like, you know, just like taking care of a child and trying to, uh, and that, that seems like it sounds so undignified to, to, to say that about, you know, somebody who's, you know, an yeah. adult, you know what I mean? It but it's what it is. You have to take it, you have to take that approach to it. Yeah. You know? But, uh, 
That's rough, man. Just be prepared to see unusual things. Um, don't be afraid. Uh, Google <laughs> can be helpful. It can also be a, a very, uh, mm-hmm. a very bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's sometimes that, you know, that it, it can scare the fuck out of you. Definitely. Uh, you know, you think something's wrong and it's really not wrong. And of course you're not a doctor Yeah. <laughs> and fucking, you get on WebMD. That's the worst thing you could do. I chip my toe. No, you're dying. Yeah. There's no way out of it. Pretty you know? much. <laughs> uh, yeah. When you said uh, numbness, you've said numbness a couple of different times now, but when you mentioned it earlier, it reminded me of like the back issues I've been having where I've felt some numbness in my leg mm-hmm. and waking up with that feeling freaked me the fuck out of, you know, like, am I going to lose my leg? Am I going, yeah. am I going to get paralyzed? You know, like what's happening? Since I have bulging discs in my back, you know, just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right. But that was, while you were talking, that was really hard for me to process yeah. you saying that she ended up being paralyzed because I, you know, I'm thinking, how did she feel thinking about, you know, like having that feeling and her legs starting to go numb? Like, Jesus, I, I just had a scare for an hour, you know, looking, you know, well, it lasted more than that, but this, uh, I can't, I can't believe it that someone has to go through something like that. Yeah. There was some really hard times, man. I would, I remember two very, very hard times. It was uh, right after the surgery, and she was, you know, she like I said, she had limited mobility. She was able to like get around on a, on a cane or with a walker. Yeah. And one day she was getting up to go let the the dog out in you know, back door. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably like from here to that door, mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe a little bit further. But she stood up and she got a couple steps, and I just I heard her fall. And that was that was kind of like the beginning of like we saw the deterioration that like yeah the tumors had came back and you know she was yeah indefinitely paralyzed until the end of her life. And like that was one of those things. Like it broke my heart because like I knew it. I, I knew I knew it then. I was like, "This isn't getting better." Yeah. You know? There was that time, and then there was one time where like I was at a show, and then I get a phone call. You know, and I'm 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 over here at, at Shuck and Jive. I don't know if you know where that is. It's over there off of Beltline and yeah, Addison. Yeah. And I live in Mesquite. You know what I mean, right? So that's that's like a, a 25 minute, 30 minute drive for me at least. You know what I mean? I'm I'm have to fly across town, and she called me. And I'm loading up my stuff, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to get all these guys packed up. We're going to, you know, head out from the gig and everything. It's 2.30 in the morning. Hey, I fell. I need you to come home right now. I heard mom and dad are in the next bedroom, but she didn't want to wake up from mom and dad. Mm. And I'm I'm flying down the highway trying to get home. And I'm just like, you need to, you know, like, you need to call your mom and dad. And, like, I just, I remember that feeling of, like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm not there right now. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Why am I not there? I should have been right. there. But I was working. You know yeah. what I mean? Although, although, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I had fun. I was playing a show, but no, I was working, you know what no, I mean? Because yeah. I, I needed to be home. Right. I needed to be home with her. You know what I mean? I, I was, I was only doing that, you know what I mean? For the, for right then, you know, so that way I could make some extra money. You know what I mean? Then, then it was a job, you know what I mean? It, right. felt, it felt like it, you know what I mean? Cause like I, at that time I was like in such a bad headspace about it. You know what I mean? It, it felt like a job. Of course it felt like a job, but my mind was on her. You know what I mean? Like it felt like work and, yeah, dude, I was like, I remember racing down the, the highway 100 miles an hour, you know, trying to get there to do something, you know what I mean? And I got there and like they had gotten her in bed, but I still had to get in there. And me and her, her dad had to, you know, get everything, you know, get, get her okay right. and stuff like that. And right. Dude, it, I, I could tell you exactly right now how she felt. She felt scared. She felt, you know, I, I guarantee you she felt like she, you know, she had everything taken away from her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she, you know, I, I know that. Had she not been paralyzed, 
she probably would have got a couple more months out mm-hmm. of out of life because she would have been able to do a little bit more. Right. But I'm not saying that she gave up. I just I think that that kind of it was such that's hard. Man. Yeah, and, you know, it took such a huge win out of herself that is you know what you kind of see it's like man, am I just you know being a nuisance? You know, mm. see, you know, and I come back to that. It's like, am I being a nuisance? You know what I mean? But yeah. she, I knew that she wanted to live. I knew that she wanted to continue to be here and I would have done everything I could have. I wanted to normalize that situation so much. There was nothing I could do to normalize it. And, you know, I just, we just had to take it as it came. Yeah. And, uh, you see, and that's what I, that's what I said. It's like, whenever I, whenever I, I would think about that, like her feeling like a nuisance is because she's not able to take care of herself. Me feeling like a nuisance was just because I had feelings you know yeah and they were very uh they they were they they weren't permanent feelings you know that was something she couldn't change you know and you know i'm not saying that she had ever said that but you can pretty much you know you could put the, the put it together that you know that sometimes you know she felt like she she was you know a hard work on us and stuff like that i know a couple of times she had you know she had broke down she's like i know it's so hard on you all i'm sorry so yeah i was like you don't have anything i was like don't ever tell me you're sorry right no, you, I was like, you have nothing to be sorry for. I was like, I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm ex- I'm doing everything I want to do right now. I was like, I, I want to be here. This is what I want to do. I love you. That's, I was like, don't ever say sorry. Yeah. I was like, you know, this, this, this is, you know, this is my job. This is why, why I'm here. This is what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew what I was getting into whenever, you know, whenever we got married, I was like, I, I signed on for this. If, if, if there was a time when I was going to walk away, I'll, you know, I would have hoped it would have been earlier on. <laughs> no, it's not like yeah. eight years, but they, you know, that's not to say that that hasn't happened. You know, people they're with people, you know, they're with, with the person for so long and then 30 years into the marriage or something like that of them, you know, being, you know, handicapped or something like that, or they're, they're disabled. You know what I mean? They're like, Oh, I can't do this. I'm <sighs> yeah. How can you, how, how can you make that call? How can you judge somebody for that too? You know, like, it's hard. Like if if you, if I were to hear that from somebody, like yeah, they were together for twenty years and then they got divorced because she, you know, ended up being completely dependent on him and mm-hmm. he had to dedicate his entire life to that. And you know, I think, well, Jesus, I don't, I don't know. You know, you you either have to accept that this is your life for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and you have you're okay with giving up yeah. any any opportunity, any potential opportunity that can come out. You know. Right. Uh, eventually, or you can find someone to take care of this person and try to be happy and live your life. It sounds shitty. It sounds super shitty to me, yeah. but I don't know how that person, what they've dealt with all this time, you right. know, if they have, if they've had their own struggles all this time and then now they're struggling for somebody else too. Yeah. They put up with it for 20 years and either I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to go live my life. You know, it could have been down to that and nobody Mm -hmm. knows that, but them. Right. Exactly. And that's one of those things. It's like, yeah, where like, do you call them a piece of shit? You know what I mean? Are they really a piece of shit? They've, they've dedicated so long to that person. This Mm -hmm. comes to something that I I don't know about, you know what I mean? Cause I, I I mean, there was times where I, where I'm like, am I, am I in over my head? You know what I mean? Right. Certainly I was, you know what I mean? I was a kid, you know, I was like, you know, 20, 21 whenever she, you know, she first got out. I, I felt like I was in over my head then, you know, and, and I was like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, do I understand this? Am I able to even extrapolate? You know what I mean? Like what's going on, you know? And, and yeah, you, you have no idea, you know, it's, it's, I, I only dealt with it, you know, for eight years. I couldn't imagine 20 years mm-hmm. of, of dealing with somebody that, you know, was like that. And even then she was only paralyzed the, the last like six months. She, I think she 
was finally fully disabled at, uh, in July. It was July, August, September, October, November. So for four months, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but she was having troubles, you know, like two months before, before that. that yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, dude, I, I couldn't imagine, you know what I mean? It, 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 it comes, the person that's going to stick around is a person that is very selfless, obviously, you know what I mean? Like they, they love that person and they kind of look at, they kind of look at it like this, like a puzzle, putting all the pieces together to make things work out to where they can live their life and be there. You know what I mean? That's right. the, that's the way that I, I, I have looked at it. It was like, I need to continue how to figure, figure out how to live my life and you know do these things around this like how do i build my life around this whole situation and stuff like that not just i'm dedicating every minute to this it's like you know i wanted to continue to play music so how do i put the ball in my court i want to somehow you know i want to somehow make money and not have to work a full-time job so i can be here and take care of her how do i put the ball in my court so you know what i mean like i, I made i started making decisions then like let, let me do more things to you know make myself happy but also be there for her. You know what I mean? Not everybody has that opportunity. Not everybody, you know, like some people are just, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I was fortunate that I had so many people helping me. And that was another thing. It's like, I, I think they were booking more shows and stuff like that to help me through that time. You know what I mean? Like mm. they, I was, I was super busy. You know what I mean? Every weekend. I mean, still every now, every weekend, you know what I mean? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just, you know, <laughs> just it fate. was luck. Yeah. It was just luck, you know, coming up, but, yeah, I mean, how would I feel if I heard about somebody like leaving somebody after like twenty or thirty years after dealing with something like that? I don't know. And like you said, it could be down. It's like, well, you know, either I'm gonna kill myself or I just I need to, or maybe they just need to be honest with them and tell them like I need I need a break. You mm -hmm. know what I mean, I need a break. I, I you know, or I need to figure out I need to, I need to find some way to have somebody help because I can't do this on my own. And that's okay. Admit yeah. that you know because like, I couldn't have done that on my own. I know that for sure, dude. Like if 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 I would have done that on my own, it would have been a lot worse. Right. So much worse. You know what I mean? But I was fortunate because I had her mom, had her dad, had my mom, my dad, her brothers, um, her best friend, my best friends, you know, anybody, you would somebody to talk to. Like there were so many different ways people helped without even being there in the same room. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like moving her around, like me and her mom were, me and her dad and stuff like that. So you can be a lot more help to a person in a lot more ways than just physically being there. You yeah. know, uh, I would feel like that person feels alone, but then again, there, I, I, I feel like I, I, there are some instances where like the person, you know, they have all the help in the world they need and everything like that. And it's still, it's, you know, they, they still feel like it's too much, you know, they, they still feel, I guess, weighted down by it. They didn't get to live their life freely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, that's something they'll have to live with. That's, that's their journey. That's their life. You know, I can't really, uh, I can't say anything about it. You know what I mean? I can have my opinion about it. You know, Right. But who are we to judge? Right. You know what I mean? It's, you know, again, like I said, man, that, that's just like that. That's their accountability. How, you know, what, what is that? You know what I mean? Like how do they, how are they going to make themselves accountable for that? You know, what, what, what did they, what was their thought process on it? You know, yeah. I, I, if I heard them talk about it and I heard where they were coming from, maybe because there was a part of me that was, you know, in that same situation, I could, you know, maybe I could relate to that feeling and mm -hmm. say, yeah, I understand that. But did you ever think about it like this? Did you ever take this approach? You know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah, like I said, it's a subjective thing. Like I said, I, it's, it's all opinions. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's course. all, it's, it's all opinions. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any surefire way to go about life. You know what I mean? You just, you take opportunities and you, you know, you try to make them the best you know, yeah. that you can. And you know, some people it works out, some people it doesn't, you know, like, I don't even know. Yeah, man. It's just like, <laughs> 
from getting from here to to Walmart. Yeah. Which way are you going to go? Right. We can. There's a million different ways we can. Right. We can get there from here. Right. Man, let's uh let's stop with this uh sad stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna. I want to do one thing real quick. I have a couple of things, but I wanted to do my one second answer to a one second question. We'll see if we can lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Try All to right. put some some happy content back in here. Yeah. <laughs> Just cho- choose one or the other. Okay. Both. Yes. <laughs> you have that option if you want to. Okay. Just don't do it all the time. All right. All right. Dog or cat? Dog. Jackson or Ibanez? Jackson. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> Billiards or bowling? Billiards? Pool. Okay. Yeah. Billiards. Oh, I thought you were asking. Yeah. Billiards like billiards? Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> bowling hurts my wrist. <laughs> it's been so long since I've bowled. Okay. Here's a good one. Megadeth or Metallica? Ooh, both. <laughs> You're gonna go sorry. with both. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't, dude. I mean, okay. There's too many aspects of both to yeah. consider, right? That's that's a hard question. All right, Metallica. Okay. If I have to, one or the other, Metallica. If I can just give, you know, both, you know. Yeah. But if I have to choose one, like Desert Island scenario, Metallica. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. Black album and back though. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, that's that's where I swear stop. Okay. Summer or winter? Winter. Playing on stage or seeing for your favorite band? Playing on stage. Ah. Steak or chicken? Chicken. Front yard or backyard? Backyard. Cash or card? Cash. <laughs> Cash is king. Chocolate or gummy candy? Gummy candy. Heads or tails? Heads. Heads it is. Oh. You win. <laughs> awesome. Movies or documentaries? Movies. Board games or video games? Video games. CD slash vinyl or MP3? CD slash vinyl. Jello shot or regular shot? Regular shot. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Tequila, my friend. All right. Last one. Trees or House of Blues? Trees. All right. Good enough. I'm almost in that because we're playing Tree Saturday. <laughs> no, Friday, sorry. And who's that? Who's, uh-huh. that? who's that with? The Iron Maidens. Nice. They're, they're cool. Sweet. I don't think I've ever seen them. They're really good. They play around fairly often, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're really good, man. They're, That's crazy. They're like, again, they're, they're in one of that the top tier tribute bands that we were talking about like yeah. earlier. You know, like as far as like they're out there. The production level is pretty pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then they have like stage props and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's cool to to see them out there doing that. You know what I mean, and, and keeping very much the, the early maiden and stuff like that alive. Because yeah, I don't know. I the couple times that I've seen them, they haven't played too much of the uh, the newer stuff. But they play a lot of the older stuff. I'm which, totally okay with that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm sure everybody is. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the newer stuff. You know, I mean, I'm a diehard Iron Maiden fan, but you know, I love the yeah. older stuff. But yeah, I mean, they're they're great. You know, what I mean, they, they've they've were able to take their band to a level of international status, I guess. Like, cause they're not just going around here in America. They go to Europe and stuff and tour too. Oh so. yeah. That's really cool. Do you, how many shows do you have like a week average? This, this month, um, jeez, oh, I had, or let's say, I had let's two, say a busy week, a busy week. So like if it, if it was like a busy week, I would have a show on a Monday, Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday. Okay four is that right yeah like that. so i'd probably have four if that if that was a busy week on a light week it's just two shows man on the, on the extra light week it's just one you know hmm. what i mean okay that's not too bad no and you know that that's like again man that that's what's worrisome is like you know i would hope for the busy week um the light week's okay you know what i mean but it's like i have to 
plan my month out very very Around much accordingly. That. Yeah, I have to plan yeah. my entire month out. It's like, hey, what do we got this month? Well, this is what we have this month. Okay, well, I need to start figuring stuff out, put out some fillers, and you know, yeah, where am I going with this? You know what I mean? So, like, are, are you? Do you think you'll be able to take on any more if uh, the opportunity comes up, um, or are you gonna like cap it off at a certain amount? I, I think I'm pretty close to capping it off. I think you know what I mean. I, I'm I'm almost there. You know, I mean, a matter of fact, like I, I think one of the things is is like I wanted to try to do more original stuff. If anything, like yeah. I, I'm almost I'm almost like contemplating the whole tribute thing now right now see like i'm that's all i was talking about getting a regular job and stuff like that that's a possibility it's something i've been tossing around in my head because it's like uh maybe you know that'll be more i guess uh, stable but then again that's that that's the part of me that's like oh you'll always have something to fall back on like i can just go get yeah. a nine to five and stuff like that's me trying to you know that's me scared of you know trying to take on the music career thing like that you know it's like that, that would mean just be kind of taking an easy way out i feel like because if some music's something i'm really feel this passionately about and i've chased for so long well, then going and getting the nine to five and not chasing the music and trying to really beat it down, that, that would be wrong. You know, yeah. I feel like I'd let myself down. So I really need, you know, I have the opportunity right now. I need to really just kind of hammer it into the ground. Like, you know, I'm yeah. really going to try to do whatever it is that I'm doing and to establish myself and make any way I can that, you know, I'm, I'm professional musician. Yes, yeah, right. Like and get to get to that status. Like I have to, you know, make a, a stand right now. And if, if I continue to take, you know, take, you know, day jobs and stuff like that, it's taking time away from me progressing. You know, that's what I, mean? what I was going to say is I would think that if you did a, a nine to five, that it's not music related, mm-hmm. it's going to affect your playing and, and affect your progress yeah. and which will in turn make you even more upset right. about it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It put me back in, in a nasty pitfall. But I mean, and like I said, it, it may come a time in my life where like I, I may have to just out of necessity. You know what I mean? I can't, I have to have, you know, I'm like certain yeah. things. Like, I mean, I have to have a vehicle, I have to have gas in a vehicle. I have to be able to get to gigs. I have to, to eat. I, you know, I have to take care of my dog. You know what I mean? I have yeah. to pay my, my other assorted bills and stuff like that. If I want to continue to watch Netflix and shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I have to, you know, at least have the necessities, you know what I mean? And, and right now where I have my budget, at you know what i need to make in a month and stuff like that i, I clear just about that you know and I'm, I'm really trying to you know consolidate my debts you know what i mean what, what i technically consider a debt is you know something that i can pay off you know things that i see like my uh my car loan you know what i mean like that's that's a debt you know what i mean like yeah. uh you know credit card that's a debt and stuff like that some people think of like you know i'm in debt because my phone bill is a couple months behind well that's something that you'll pay off and it'll be you know it'll go away if you're gonna get it cut off i was like but that's just a regular bill right because you're gonna continue to pay that as long as you have a phone it's not a debt, you know what I mean? It's a regular bill. That's just, you know, it's a necessity, right? Yeah. You need a phone, you know what I mean, if you're going to be in communication, at least in what I do, right? Yeah, you, have of course. Be, you have to have, be in communication with these people to keep up with my schedule. I need my phone. So that's a bill that's going to come every month. Right now, the car loan is a bill that comes every month, but it is a debt because it's getting paid off. You know, it's going to go away. Yeah. It's not something that's going to be forever. You know, but gas, I'm, as long as I have a car, I have to put that in. That's something that's always going to happen. You know what I mean? Maintenance on the car, it's always going to have to happen. You know, you have to, I guess you have to change your mentality on what a bill is and what a debt is. You know, like I, sure. I, I have to look at it that way. That way I can figure out um, what do I shift my money towards? You know, obviously the t- top priority was do I, you know, if I don't have a car, then I'm not going to be able to, you know, yep. get to that gig. Okay, well, fuck, man, if my phone has to get shut off, I guess it has to get shut off. You know, I guess I have to, you know, figure out somewhere to, you know, steal some Wi-Fi or something like that, and get right. get the schedules or something through a Facebook message or something. But yeah, you know that that's yeah that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, man, I, I'm trying to find out other ways to make money besides uh, like a nine to five, like to do like recording or something like that. You know, yeah. recording on the side, which I have done some stuff, and then maybe go try to run some live sound or go help be like a stage. Just, you know, 
help out you know do some whatever you need a hand on stage okay then yeah make you know 40 bucks or something like that all of it all, all of it matters you know what i mean it all goes back into you know with the bank account you know yeah well i've exhausted all almost all of my uh resources here do you have anything else that you'd like to promote or talk about or anything at all you want to promote yourself you want to get some exposure on something I put around. I put out my original music. You know what I mean. I don't. I really don't want to name my original music right now because it's like I feel like that's. You know, no, that's stupid, man. Go for it. That's gonna be in the description anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I have an original band called Entombment, and I am. I'm trying to finish up writing uh, for an LP that I will eventually put out. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually, you know, I, I've I've set myself up to start writing. You know, right now, it's still the beginning of the year to have something by the end of the year, hopefully uh, it's been, you know, I think my last release was in 2017. And of course, with everything that's happened in the past three years, I couldn't really do much. Of course, you man. know what I mean? It's just, it was too much to invest into an original band whenever I was fully invested in that, which also hints why I took on so many other things, you know, yeah. with, and that's why I was like, I do want to get back into some original music and, you know, I do want to be able to, you know, voice these, these things I've went through and, and, you know, yeah. get them out. Of course, you know, I, I do, get it out through the tribute bands and stuff too. But yeah, no, if y'all want to check out Entombment, not to be confused with Entombed, which is a Swedish death metal band, <laughs> the Swedish death metal band. Um, yeah, it's a self self titled EP. Every once in a while we'll do a show. Uh, but the band is right now. It's just me and Bryce Butler. And, uh, every once in a while we'll have you come in and fill in guitar whenever you feel like you want to, and yeah. you're able to, you know, uh, and, we have assorted bass players. <laughs> Tyler Tyler Barnes has came in here and there. Uh, my friend Casey Slayton. I think I have a few other guys that have offered. You know what I mean? I really don't have permanent members as far as a second guitar player and uh, another bass player. Maybe I, one day. Maybe one day. I think right now it's because I'm just trying to keep it really... Uh, I don't want people to have to commit to something really you know, high, stressful, because I can't even commit to it. I was going to say, it'd be hard for YouTube as yeah. well. You know. Now, in this time of my life... Well, yes, I want to be fully committed to it. Uh, during that time, I really couldn't. You know, right. I kind of had to make it. You know, the, the, you're still the, transitioning, right? Exactly. So that's why I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I just need to. You know, I, I kind of did like a soft release with the EP. You know, what I mean, I really didn't. You know, I don't think I did like a huge thing. You know, with it, it's like I still have yet to print in kind of uh, in like hard copies or anything like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's still it's out there floating around. I still play uh, or pay for the for it to be on streaming services. So it is on iTunes and Spotify and everything else. Well, one thing I want to throw out there too, a lot of people aren't as receptive and that's okay, but there are a lot of people out there that are overly nice and would love to help in any way they possibly could. So if there's any way that someone could help you out, whether it be extra financial support of some sort, a donation or like anything, you don't have to say it right now either, but you know, it's something I could put in the description, but I'd like to leave the option out for people because you never know. Yeah. You never know how generous people can be you right. know, if they have, if they can help. Right. Um, you know, I think right now, I, I think I'm just at a stage where I just want to write music. You know what I mean? Just right now, you mm -hmm. know, I, I just want to write the music, um, in the future, you know, sure. I could, you know, I could put out some stuff for financial stuff, but uh, well, I just meant like, if you're even like guitar lessons or, you know, like oh. mixing stuff, opportunities, you know, not just donations, but I mean like any way that that could help you make ends meet, you know, mm. in any way. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, you know, I, I would love to help, you know what I mean? Like engineer albums, you know what I mean? If I can, you know what I mean? That's, 
I, that's another thing. It's like, I, I'm trying to build up my studio equipment too. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I have, I can help you do some pre-production. You know, I do pre-production for people. I do do guitar lessons on the side and stuff too here and there. Uh, really, you know what I mean? It, it, I'm going to start coming, I think in March is when I said I was going to. It's, this was kind of a busy month. But yeah, guitar lessons is something I'm about to soon start up again. Whenever I get ready, I guess, to, I guess, what you saying, like crowdfunding maybe type thing for the for the album eventually. Yeah. Um, Possibly in the future, you know what I mean? Like I said, I, I want to write the, the LP first, or at least write the songs. I mean, I had this idea, and maybe it's because of Ola England, <laughs> that... uh. I would just write an LP worth of material and release it song by song yeah. rather than re release it as a whole thing or at least release like all the singles off of it that I would want to and then just release the whole thing somewhere down, down the line. Yeah, sure. But I, I feel like it might be better just to have an album worth of songs and then release them one at a time and just... Yeah. You know. Well, as far as the crowdfunding, yeah, that would be, that would be cool for people because people do yeah. seem to enjoy that. But the thing that stuck out to me, the whole reason I mentioned about accepting any help or anything was you talking about maybe your phone getting cut off which you said you know that's, that can't happen yeah. but if you ever got to that point right yeah i'm not i'm not at that point right now no I'm, this this has been a really good month for me um right now i'm financially i'm okay good. you know what i mean like i'm i'm, I'm okay right now uh i was just mentioning as like an example and stuff. yeah like, sure. i was just you know just i just that. it stuck out to me because i know other people that might be listening to this that know you they're probably like Hey, if that ever happens, just call me. You know, yeah. I can help you out this month or something. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like, definitely, like, I, I'm a lot better with my money than I think that I am sometimes. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I'm very, I'm a worry wart. So even after you put out this podcast, I'm worried if I said something wrong. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go home it's right okay. now. Okay, I always edit stuff, so yeah. I can, I can always re-edit if I need to. Just take out the whole. <laughs> if you get too paranoid, yeah, just go ahead and take. Just out take, just delete the whole thing. Just delete the whole thing. We'll start over. All right, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, financially, I'm okay right now. I'm just saying, like, if it ever got to that point where, like, you know, like, next month, uh, I'm not sure how ne next month is going to pan out. You know, I know we have a few shows next month. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, how many I have yet. I'll worry about that when it comes to it. But sure. uh, this month was a good month. You know what I mean? I had quite a bit of shows. Like, I had two shows this weekend. I had two shows last weekend. I had a, I had a couple week, you know, or weekday shows or something like that, or one weekday show. And uh, sometimes let's stuff last minute will come up. You know, what I mean? if if I ever need help, though, I mean, I'll I'll definitely reach out. You know what I mean? You'll probably see me <laughs> putting my fillers out and stuff like that, trying to trying to figure out, hey, anybody need a guitar player this weekend and stuff like that. Right. But I think I'll, at that point, if I got that desperate, you know what I mean? I think I probably I know a few things I could do to make money. Yeah. Not illegal. Not illegal at all. We'll edit, we'll edit it out. <laughs> What now, <laughs> I could call a couple of buddies and go do like some construction jobs or something. Yeah, like sure. That, some yeah. I do. I do have a couple trade skills, so it's not like it's it's that big of a deal. I would rather not. You know what I mean? If I if I, if I have the option, it's, yeah, it's man, not me being. You don't want a chance messing up your hands. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that's like the money maker. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, throw throw out my back. Like you said, you have your back problems, and yeah, I think I bulged a disc whenever I was working at uh, in a warehouse. Yeah, you know, and because I, I feel it sometimes, dude. Like I'll just barely bend over and I'll feel a pop, and all of a sudden, like I'm buckled to my knees. Ugh, that's the worst, man. If you, if anyone out there is, if you've never dealt with back pain, you were lucky. Hopefully, you never will. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. Nope. I mean, I say pain. It's not even it's. I don't even have like a severe pain. It's just a constant irritation and mm -hmm. just inability to fully exert myself you mm -hmm. know like that's what i was talking about uh, yesterday there's so many things projects i need to do around the house and i have to i have to think about it before i actually try to right. tackle something how, how many days am i going to be down because of this you know right. or do can i do this can i start this am i gonna be able to finish this yeah <laughs> it sucks but. i would be scared yeah because like like i said i like i'll buckle to my knees like i'll i'll bend over something like that and i'll feel my 
a pop. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm almost. And it's not because of pain. It's like my knees just buckle. Yeah. Like it, like I can't control it. You know what I mean? Right. That's something. Yeah, dude. We were talking about earlier and stuff like that. That's, I don't want none of that. That's fucking scary. And that's that 28 creeping up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I got 38 coming up in a couple of months. Really? Yeah. No. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You, you have made it so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, if you don't have uh, anything else you'd like to throw out there, I think we can call this one good. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I enjoyed talking for a little bit. And yeah. Self-centeredness. A little it's bit. actually been been quite a, quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had a lot to say. Uh, I really appreciate you going into detail and you know yeah. touching some really hard subjects. Because oh. I, and the reason why is because I, my own curiosity is my selfishness, but I know it feels good to get some stuff out. And I'm hoping that somebody else, even if it's one person that might hear this and, you know, benefit from it, I think it would be great. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to be able to help anybody in the way they can. It's like I said, and don't, you know, there's some things that I'm just saying from my personal point of view, you know, it's, you know, I'm not saying everybody should accept that. You're not writing a book here. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You know what I mean? It's you, you go about things how you feel comfortable with, you know what I mean? How you feel comfortable with It's your life. You live it the way, you know, I'm just saying we all have to be accountable, you know what I mean, for our decisions and stuff like that. And some things we are in control of and some things we aren't. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are out of our control. But like I said, it's just these are just my opinions. These are the tools that I've developed in my life to help me cope with things that have happened. And I'll continue to develop those and, and you know, keep on refining them yeah. you know, until it's something, you know, I've, I've, I've perfected it for myself. And mm-hmm. this again, for myself. These are <laughs> right. things that work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I had, you know, man, I appreciate you having me on here, and it was it was cool, man. I think uh, I think I'm pretty spent though. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. I'm yeah, ready man, to go guess to bed. You need to go get some rest. Yeah, yeah. That sleep deprivation is probably definitely setting in right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's cut it. All right. See you guys later. Rusty's escape pod. Rusty's escape pod.